Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I'm doing really good. I forgot my spiel, but it's okay. We don't have time for spiels today. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting here thinking about it. I got distracted by the Wikipedia. Yeah, Yeah. listen, I'm sure you're going to have many a tirade for later in this episode about Audrey and PC. Yeah, that was so tragico. Mm -hmm. It was a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, We'll get into all of that. But first, it's a Halloween episode, which means we have to have on our favorite, our guest, our favorite guest that is also loves horror stuff, movies, scary things, mostly movies. Todd the Librarian. Todd, how are you? Groovy. Oh, you're groovy. <laughs> the, the, the 70s of like, hey, babe. And then groovy. It was like, oh, my God. They're trying so hard to like yeah. hit us over the head with it being 70s. Yeah. Uh, and also groovy. Just just throw it out there. Groovy is a, a reference to like the Evil Dead movies. Ash says groovy a lot. So it's kind of like a, a, oh. you know, a, a subtle subtle nod to that as well i think but yeah uh thank you very much for having me when you guys asked me what uh episode i wanted to be on for for the season i was like you know i have not done a dawson halloween episode yet i just by whenever i would start looking at episodes to do the halloween episodes have already passed you by like i have to do at least one dawson halloween episode before you guys finish up your coverage yeah so this is our last and i don't how many have we had six for uh every season one for every season but the dawson halloween episode started as early as the first season and jess you and i were like very flabbergasted yeah they're usually very unhinged um (laughs) and i think the reason is like back in the day the original creator of dawson's creek is a huge horror movie fan and so like right we even and a creator, right? So we even see like right the the swamp monster of the lagoon or whatever the one that the movie that Dawson makes is like a horror movie. So like he's a huge fan of those. So it makes sense that he would really go in deep on the Halloween episodes. And of course that tradition still stands. And I, I do like, you know, Sarah, we love on the show when they 
represent the continuity. They represent their history. And Dawson brings back the fact that, oh, he loves to, like, pray practical jokes on his friends on Halloween. And that kind of comes full circle with him getting a, a pranked on this episode. Um, which I – that is probably, like – one of the things I liked about this episode, some of the other stuff we'll get into as far as like Dawson, my guy, like <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Like make up your mind. <laughs> I really like this episode. I have no complaints. I have only good things to say today. Oh, wow. Okay. So I have some shitty things to say. Todd, you picked this episode to cover mostly because you said it was like a Halloween episode. You're into the horror stuff. How are you feeling about making this selection now that you've seen the episode again? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think the Halloween aspect of it worked pretty well. Uh, I kind of mm -hmm. like Dawson getting a dose of his own medicine in the end. I thought that was nice because the first episode I covered with y'all was one where Dawson, someone made a reference to Dawson's famous pranks and it was just kind of like one of the things that we hear about more than we actually yes. see. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, Dawson, he's such yeah. a prankster. Yeah, yeah, he us. They're yeah. like, yeah, he's such a prankster. I don't even, I can't even name one. Dawson Leary. Prank. The only time he's ever pranked is literally in the Halloween episodes. That's the only time. Yeah. And I think primarily the first one. I feel like the first Halloween episode was like a big Dawson prank thing. But yeah. I don't even feel like the later episodes, from what I remember, it's been a long time since I've right, watched Right. Because but I feel like he was like pranking really Joey. Yeah. That was the whole thing is he's pranking Joey, which of course that comes back into play here where Joey's a scaredy cat. And like, we'll get into the OTT ness of Joey just like, and like jumping into eddie's <laughs> arms like i truly cannot we'll get into it yeah um but, yeah. but no uh, i think the halloween stuff worked pretty well uh the, the pacey audrey stuff is kind of painful to watch but i yeah. also uh, it's like good drama and it's something that i i remember like as soon as i saw audrey walking towards the coffin i had like vi like vivid memories of this scene playing out and her coming out of the coffin after overhearing this stuff so, like, definitely, this episode definitely had made an impression on me whenever I first watched the show. So, I was kind of nice revisiting it. Not so much with the Professor's bratty teenage daughter storyline. That You can, you yeah. can miss me with bratty teenagers half the time. Like, the, yeah. uh, that that's not my favorite thing to sit through. Uh, but I feel like I did, low on I did like that, teenagers, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did like that Joey wasn't taking her crap for the most part. Uh, so that was, even if it wasn't very effective, I did I just, appreciate like, I don't understand why the, they're even like ever having conversations with this professor at this point, because like there's no zero redeeming qualities about this guy. Oh. Uh, because he got like a, you know, 11 episode contract. <laughs> you, you got, you got to fulfill the quota. Just the worst um but yeah let's let's dive into it we're in season six episode six living dead girl um and uh we start things out uh, like in dawson's like fake bedroom the like 70s version of dawson's bedroom basically where natasha and this other actor are like having this whole scene together hey are you sure about this as sure as about anything in my entire life groovy this script is trash <laughs> yeah yeah we've been, we, we've known we've known it's terrible it's yeah. absolutely terrible it's pretty bad it's pretty bad so the, I, we are during a live recording scene and 
you know, they're making out. It's gang saucy. And we see a door open and the killer with the green mask with his shiny axe that, I mean, you can tell that this guy's never murdered anybody without <laughs> how clean his axe is. I feel like an mm-hmm. experienced killer doesn't have an axe this clean, right? I mean, if he does good axe care, you know, you got to you know, clean, <laughs> clean your blade after each kill. You know, you got to make sure that it doesn't rest or anything. So he's just oh, a very okay. conscientious so, killer. Oh, so uh, he's a meticulous killer. So after that each makes kill, he gets out the uh, polishing oil, polishes the handle, mm-hmm. and then buffs out like any a, scratches. Yeah, a yeah. full, oh, that little spinny wheel thing where like <laughs> you put the axe or the metal on and makes sparks. Yeah, the, the sharp jump in the axe. Yeah. I mean, I think he could be like an anal retentive killer. Maybe he's killing them because they messed up the bed that he just made. He's like, come oh, on, people. Yeah. I just straightened up so here. This isn't groovy. <laughs> Not groovy. Yeah. I will also say this axe looks very dull. Yeah, it's it's definitely does not look sharp enough to actually kill anybody. I guess if you swing it with enough force. But yeah, as this guy is going to kill them um the the like one of these like i don't know if it's a light or something basically almost causes a fire on set it's very disturbing and the actor is like cut todd yells at him because he's just like it's my job to say cut and i'm like this guy almost died todd so maybe you need to calm down um, having having a character named Todd is going to be very distracting for me throughout. yeah I'm, I'm just going to say that right how now, are you so. feeling about todd as a character todd Oh, Todd, Todd, Todd. <laughs> um, he amuses me at times, but also is incredibly obnoxious most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some funny some funny lines from him for sure, but he's also a pig and is obnoxious. And one of the many, many times where I was like, really, this, this is the Todd that we we're portraying to the media. There have been very few Todds in media that I have seen over the course of my life that I'm like, I'm so happy that we share the same name. <laughs> uh, and this is definitely not one of the ones I'm happy we share the same name. Who's your favorite Todd? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. It's, it's kind of hard to even think of when there's a Todd on Bojack Horseman that I, I like, but yeah. I, uh, that's that's probably close to it. There might be another one out there. Um, I think there was a Todd on, there's a show called The Grinder, uh, where he wasn't exactly a character that I wanted to be compared to. He's also a funny character. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind him so much, but yeah, there's so many things. And I just watched the uh, the pilot of So Help Me Todd. And yeah, Scholar Aston's Todd isn't, isn't too bad. So maybe that's <laughs> yeah. a... Uh, I feel like Jessica has the same problem where most of the Jessicas are really either like snobby, snotty, like mean. There aren't a lot of great Jessicas represented in media, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like Todd has somehow become associated with like douche bro is like kind of a shorthand. Which is like a Brad Pad, like Todd. Yeah. I think just because of the D's. I think the D sound just kind of like gets it thrown in there. Those single syllable bro names. Yeah. I have known very few Todds in my life, period. Like, I can probably count, like, one hand the number of people I've met that have the same name as me. Mm-hmm. And none of them have really fit into that Chad, Brad, Todd, yeah. Bruce Bro uh, category. So I don't know how that happened. Is your full name Todd or is it Todd the Librarian? It's Toddium. <laughs> <laughs> Todd of the... Todrick. Todd-ious. Todd-y, oh, Todrick. You know. Yeah, Todrick is Todd-ish? actually yeah. No, no, it's just Todd. 
Hey, mm-hmm. just Todd. Just Todd. The best Sarah that I've ever came across was Sarah from A Little Princess, the best 90s movie of all time. Stop it. It is. Stop trying to get me to watch A Little Princess. Okay, did you not see the trailer? I, you've the made me amazing? watch this trailer at least yeah. twice, not if not three times. Because it's good. Anyway, One moving day on. We'll watch it. Todd is really. Hold on. This actor has horrible working conditions and he's, you know, understandably upset. And Todd's just like yelling at him. He almost got hit in the head with this thing. But Todd did say that he was happy to yell at people. He uh, loves yelling at people. Yeah. He loves yelling at people. And he's like, what do I expect? I am making a movie on a haunted film set. And this, this gets up Dawson's little antennas. Dawson's like, excuse me, what did you say? Haunted film set? Do tell me more. Yeah, so we also find out this is like the day before Halloween, and so he says, oh, have you not heard about about the bird who died here? Uh, Melanie Ray, um, and Dawson's like, no. And in in a world where there's cell phones, this is immediately like, the prank is done, because Dawson Googles who the hell Melanie Ray is. Um, But Todd's like, ugh, shame on you. And so, of course, Natasha gets in on it. And as they're talking, Natasha's, like, rubbing Todd's shoulders, which immediately, Todd, we could see, like, this is bothering Dawson. Yeah, just just automatically. Uh, And my big question all is, like, how much of this was planned? How much is this reacting to Dawson in the moment? Oh, this feels like this feels like uh, like this was a setup from the start. Yeah, I don't think the, he brings up this whole Melanie Ray thing, like unless they're already planning on doing this yeah. prank. But I mean, like like the the crashing light was that like a stunt that they rigged to to get them to, oh. to segue into the haunted oh. lots? Because that was like that's that was the thing that got them to bring it up is a uh, the the lights crashing. Is I should have known better than to film on a haunted lot the day before Halloween. So yeah. did he have something else that he was going to use to segue into this, or was this like a serendipity? Like oh well, we can scrap the other thing. I think that's my only my only real question because it feels very coincidental otherwise yeah. but uh yeah and so i i do want to i kind of asked uh offline but like what do y'all think of natasha in general so the thing is i liked natasha a lot more before i watched this episode is what i would say because she's like very spunky she has a little bit of sass to her like that's exciting you know unlike a little bit of a boring joey who is can be spunky at times but really such a wet blanket most of the time natasha had this like spunk and this energy but i will say this episode soured me a bit on natasha just because i was like girl like you deserve better than dawson who literally dumped you over a voicemail uh for someone else and now immediately wants you back once it doesn't work out with that person so what about you sarah what do you think about natasha i like natasha i think that she's spunky i think that she has sass um I think it's relatable to be like to be that young and be like, I don't know, let's like hook up. I don't think these two are meant to be lovebirds, but they could have some fun. I mean, do you see Natasha ever taking something super seriously? I think that she's a fun thing. Like she says that though. Like I've never felt this way about anybody. Doll. Like how many times she do we said that? that? She says it at the very end of the episode. Yeah. That she's mm. never felt like giving someone like another chance and blah 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 blah. Well, um, you know, I don't know. I think that they're okay. You know how like uh, when you go to summer camp, you have like that one summer camp boyfriend. 
Yeah. They're like set boyfriend, girlfriend. They'll be together while this movie is being made. And then when it's over, they'll never mm. see each other again. And that's fine. It's fine to hook up during, you know, a short. It feels more serious time. to me than that. What do you think, Todd? I mean, he's willing to like quit this movie over this whole thing. Like quit his job over this whole thing. Uh, the whole Dawson of all is just. It's, it's so much. It's too much. It's, you know, he's being very possessive about someone that he he broke up with her. He really has no right to do this. And it's yeah. that it's that thing where he didn't, I didn't realize I cared about you until I saw you with someone else. Like, uh, did you really, did you really care about so her? Or are you just feeling a uh, possessive? He does that all the time. Uh, yeah. It's like, I, I want what I can't have. Dawson is kind of what's going on there. So, yeah. But the main reason I wanted to ask about Natasha is I have like an automatic dislike for the character because of the actress. Oh, what else has she been in that you've seen? She she was on a show called Boston Public, and I hated her character on Boston Public. What was she doing on so Boston so Public? Much. Wasn't Boston Public kind of a sister was, show of something else? Yeah, it was it was one, it was a show uh from uh, the creator of Ally McBeal. Uh, yes, that's what it was, because I'm a big Ally like, McBeal fan. Yeah, so he had like, uh, that's in Boston, and so Boston Public was like the school system in Boston. She played a student, and I believe she's a student who wound up having uh, like a relationship with a teacher, but she was also really oh manipulative, gosh. and yeah. there's just something about her character on Boston Public. I hated her character on Boston Public. And then not too long after that, she shows up on Dawson, and I just had this automatically gut reaction like oh no yeah it's Lisa Greer from Boston Public I hate her so much and so I'm usually pretty good about separating the actors from the roles and not letting that stuff bleed through but this is one of those cases where she her attitude in this reminds me of the attitude her character had oh. on Boston Public a little bit and so it's really hard for me to, you know, and I like her. The other thing she was in, she was in Bring It On. She was Carver in Bring It On. Oh, I enjoyed her in that. Interesting. I don't, I didn't remember that. Yeah. She's like, has like a, she's not one of the main main cheerleaders, but she's uh, one of the ones, I think she might be the one who like injures herself and opens up the spot on the team. Oh, okay. I think, I think that's who she is. Uh, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but I know that she was in Bring It On because she plays Carver in that, but yeah. Uh, so I just, I always have to take a step back. Like, hey, is my dislike of Natasha just me because I hated her on Boston Public so much? Or is it just like a, a thing that other people feel? So that's kind of why I was like gauging is, am I supposed yeah. to dislike her? Am I supposed to like her? I just don't know. I, I, I guess I just liked her better when she was like, when it was a bit more antagonistic between her and Dawson. Like mm -hmm. now that they've like kissed and made up, I'm kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. I think it's interesting <laughs> that you get um, set off with the fact that she like takes him back i for me i kind of just find it relatable because it's like oh you know things aren't like black and white but for you it's like oh she's like less of i, I just know, I, I just i liked yeah i just liked that she i don't know i enjoyed the drama of like joey coming to set and her getting like set off by that and all, all of those things and for me, I just was like, Natasha, like, girl, like, you deserve better than someone that dumps you over a voicemail. Because, like, but that we'll makes get into, you like her less. It makes, yeah. Well, it, it's not like it makes me like her less. It's more like I want different things for the character is what I guess the way I would put it. Yeah. But we'll get into uh, that because we're going to we'll get into, like, her taking Dawson back. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah. So just one thing before we move on this scene, I just I just have to mention as they're telling Dawson the story. 
about how Melanie, you know, slept with the director, and then during a scene, they, uh, I got so angry that he strangled her to death. Dawson's reaction, the phrase that he says is, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, it This does. is his reaction to hearing a story yeah, about a tragic sucks. murder of a woman. Like, that sucks. Like, well, that wow. Sucks. Wow. I just, yeah, Dawson. Just like, Such a way like, with words, that Dawson Leary. It's just <laughs> wild to me that that is what they chose to have him say. I mean, I'm like, that's awful. Like, oh no, anything, but that sucks. That and, sucks. And in this like most like bland, like no emotion <laughs> you know, delivery as well. I mean, uh, James yeah. Vanderbeek was his heart. I've come to appreciate James Vanderbeek over the years, but I think early James Vanderbeek and Dawson Creek dates, I'm not always a big fan of his acting choices, let's say. Yeah, I think it's partly also the writing too of like, you could have oh. given him something else besides that sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely like the, that line is horrible that is is so especially yeah. as as overly verbal as all the characters That's, are yes. at all times for Dawson to just be like that sucks just does not really seem to fit the character it's yeah it's weird it's a weird choice um so yeah so they say oh well that's why like it's she's haunted this soundstage to this day blah 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 um and so then Natasha walks off and Dawson watches Todd watch Natasha walk away and Dawson immediately is like oh is there something going on and Todd's like I've learned my lesson that's what extras are for he's so he's so nasty um but like very obviously we're already like setting up this whole thing of like Dawson is jealous because he thinks there might be something going on between Todd and Natasha and it's like, Tossin, you have no ownership over Natasha. You ended things with, with her. Like, this is not your place. You know, she's a free woman. She could do, not that any, anyone could do whatever they want at any time. But like, really, you're not dating her. Let her live her life. Yeah. And then they start the scene again. And Dawson is staring at Natasha doing the scene. And you have the shot of Todd kind of look and stare at Dawson staring at Natasha. Yeah. So it's kind of like a reversal of that. But if, and if in the moment you're thinking, oh, it's because Todd is lying and all. But no, it's just like he's like looking like, did we get him? Did we get him? I think we got him. I think he's hooked. I think our pregnant's yeah. going to work. It's kind he of fun after watching the entire episode, watch it yes. in that lens, right? Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it on the rewatch because of that. Because I was like, oh, right. Okay, so now that I know this is all just a trick. Because I didn't remember this episode. I didn't remember. I mean, I knew something was going on. But like, you know, it was really fun on the rewatch. Especially when they go in to watch like the dailies and they're going through everything. And all, all of a sudden we get uh, like a tiny clip of uh, supposedly uh, Melanie uh, kind of like a very spooky moment. And like, oh, how did that get in there? <laughs> um, and also this is when Dawson says uh, to Todd that, Oh, Halloween is my favorite. I'm like such a big prankster. I'm famous for my pranks. <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, Todd's response. Good for you, Gilligan. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just totally not impressed. Wait, so I'm... Okay, so what question. Does this actress that got murdered, is that story a lie or is that a real story? I think story? that's a lie. Really? Yeah, I it's don't know. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's like an urban legend that they have decided to do, if it's something they made up from whole cloth, or if it's like a real thing they decided to capitalize on. Because I feel like Dawson would be someone who would be able to like look Melanie Ray up if 
because I mean, yeah, you yeah, think even he though, would even know though, about it, right? If yeah. it's so infamous. I mean, the fact that he doesn't know about all is kind of a thing that makes me think maybe it's made up. But I feel like Dawson would be someone who would be, especially if the ghost is appearing and Dawson thinks it might be appearing. I mean, the internet was a thing. Uh, cell phones might not have been yeah. a big thing, but the internet was a thing back at this point in time. So yeah, he could have easily gotten Jack on. Jack and Jen book their Costa Rica trip. Yeah, uh, I mean, he could have easily hopped on IMDb and looked for her and tried to find some stuff out, you know. So I feel like more than likely it might be a real story that they are trying to uh you know capitalize on or they may yeah. just like realize dawson's lazy he's not gonna look anything up he's gonna be so you know hurt that he didn't know about already he's just not going to think about it i don't know but yeah the, really the biggest red flag is that they're like dawson you're supposed to be this big movie buff and you don't know about the original screen queen like okay if she's not real True then that feels like such a uh, a big hole in their plot because yeah. you know for Dawson them to like really yeah for them to make a big deal about her being the original scream queen before jamie lee curtis feels like something that dawson who is admittedly a huge horror fan would admittedly go and look her up and try to find her movies we've seen dawson do stuff like that in the past like uh with the uh the old man he used to help out like finding out that he was a you know used to be a director right. and looking up all the stuff about him and dawson is that guy so the fact that we don't see him doing that and finding nothing makes you think that she probably is. That's a really good point. That's yeah. Like a, yeah. A real... I do like how elaborate this prank is by putting that little flash of a photograph in the dailies. Yeah. I was buying into the story personally they're really it is very elaborate they set up a lot of things over like a two-day time period so shouts to todd and natasha for like doing all the prep work ahead of it just to prank dawson and like throughout this whole scene with the dailies we have todd and dawson talking about the fact that like oh you're the one who dumps natasha did you forget about that all for the prissy one is what todd <laughs> calls joey um and i do love that todd calls out like oh you were shagging one of the hottest starlets hollywood has to offer so you jacked it all to go for another go at your prom date and dawson says she wasn't my prom date it was junior prom. That doesn't count. I like, I really <laughs> like the delivery of this because I felt like it felt very authentic. I know, Todd, you just said that like James Vanderbeek is not that great of an actor, but I, if this was not acting and it was like, it felt very natural as if like these two actors were really laughing at it. It just felt real to me. I, I'll agree with that. You know, I, 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 I kind of crap on James Vanderbeek a little bit too much, probably like uh, much like my co-host Adam, I kind of do hyperbole for humorous effect at times. Uh, but I do, I do agree that the things I like with, with Dawson's never you do get these more natural moments. I think the problem is, and it's, again, it's the writing of the show. Dawson is typically having to spout out all of this, like, overly verbose things that no human being would ever say yeah. and uh it's sometimes gonna be really hard to deliver that in a natural way but this banter between dawson and todd here feels it's it's very well written i feel uh you know yeah. todd is it's a noxious character but i feel like it's much more naturally written dialogue and so they're able to get into the, the naturalness of the performances a lot more so no i definitely agree i like this moment i like dawson in defensive and then realizing he shouldn't be defensive and laughing and going yeah and so he's in on the joke a little bit so yeah i i really like this scene i also mm -hmm. like the fact that a uh, todd immediately as soon as the uh 
the clip shows up, Todd's like, is this one of your so-called famous pranks? And like mm -hmm. calling Dawson out, the thing that Dawson just brought up, which makes me wonder. So this is apparently the first time that Dawson has mentioned his famous pranks to Todd, but has he mentioned them to Natasha at some point? I'm betting Natasha got tired of hearing about Dawson's so-called famous pranks during the brief time that they were dating, and that gave her this idea. <laughs> Uh, so I feel like Dawson has gone on and on about this, and she's like, "Todd, we've got to get this douchebag. Come on, we got to, <laughs> we got to prank him." Has yeah. to be. I mean, I that's the so. canon in my head at this point. Dawson talks about himself so much, so if he feels like he's good at pranks, it feels like he would be like, "Oh, I'm so, I do these such great pranks." So my friends are on Halloween. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're still talking about Melanie. We'll get back to that later in the episode. We go to Audrey and Joey's dorm room where Audrey and Pacey are getting ready for a Halloween party and they are dressed as Sid and Nancy. These are the ones, these are the costumes that are very obvious in this episode as to what they are. They actually say, uh, like, uh, Audrey, the first thing Audrey says is saying that Pacey looks great as Sid. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not super familiar with Sid and Nancy. Todd, I have the feeling that you know at least a little bit more than I do in terms of like, is this a great pop culture reference of this time? Uh, not of this time. And Sid and Nancy were a thing much earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. But the, the film, I think there was a film about their life that came out in the mid 80s. Uh, mm -hmm. But I mean, Sid and Nancy were like an actual couple uh like he was a rock star she was his girlfriend pistols. yeah he was in the yeah. sex pistols Sid vicious uh it was a very it's a very tragic story uh they, they had like a very toxic relationship and it wound up in both of them dying uh so it's like what a couple's what a couple's costume to go for well, like that's not saying very much about your really if you're like let's play this terribly toxic couple <laughs> well that's what i was kind of thinking of jess i think that's a good point i think that they really kind of foreshadowed that this couple was doomed by yeah. choosing the show choosing this couple's costume yeah, yeah, I mean, I can kind of see, okay, because, like, lately, Audrey, right, she's been singing for Emma's band, so, like, she's been in a little bit of, like, a rocker phase. Pacey has the length, the good length of hair to be able to do this whole thing with the gel and, like, spike it out, so I guess I can see why they chose this couple, but it does feel a bit like, um... You're setting yourselves up. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> last year, the number one Halloween couples costume was Pam and Tommy. So really? Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Which was incredibly inappropriate. And I remember that Pamela Anderson was like, I, yeah, I, because they made that short series on yeah. Hulu which she didn't support anyway. She said that like, it's really wrong to make a money off of like something that was like a really toxic and harmful part of my life. Mm -hmm. Because of that, a lot of couples dressed up as Pam and Tommy, which once again, like really hurt Pamela Anderson, who is just trying to like move on from her life. So I think that it kind of checks out. Not yeah. well, but I think, like, it is something that a couple would do. Yeah. And, yeah, um, there was a film in 1986. So, I don't know. Well, it's not the most topical reference. It's not the most topical. It's no. not topical, but also, I mean, for a long time, Sid and Nancy were, like, this, like, a big thing. Like, even, like, years mm -hmm. and years. Because they, 
this image is what's like a, an icon. Uh, the Sex Pistols, like the, the punk scene, or just like this iconic band in the punk scene. And there's just the tragic love story aspect of it is something that kind of like lived on for Sid and Nancy. Yeah. Though there's not basically there's question of whether he killed her or not. Uh, is kind of what it boils down to. She's she's found dead. She was stabbed, and whether he was the one responsible or not, there's it's was never really proven i think and then he died of like an overdose like four months later yeah uh so but there is like this kind of like i think they their relationship got really romanticized from the movie and everything uh, and, and so i think yeah. people like they hear like the romantic they think, think of this like star-crossed lovers romeo and juliet thing in this, as opposed to like yeah they were this toxic abusive relationship and hmm. it's probably not great to be anything like that but people tend to think about like, the rock and roll aspect of it all more than the actual facts of it so i yeah. think a lot yeah. of people hear about sid and nancy and see them as this iconic duo the visuals are very striking of what they look like and everything i think people would probably focus more on that without never actually watching the movie never actually doing the research into what actually happened with them i think it's one of those things that you hear sid and nancy you have an image and you might not even really think about what it means like i said like audrey's doing this punk rock band metal thing and like there's you know, that's like one of the most punk rock things you could think of for a couple's costume. But and it also is very on the nose to presaging what's going to happen to them before the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Is it rock and roll to really be hooked up on your girlfriend's failing grades? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, this has been a, a, a concern of ours, Sarah, since the beginning of the season, where Audrey's yeah. like not excited to go back to school. She's skipping classes to go to like Jack and and Jen's classes. She's not really. I mean, that's that was even before everything happened with her at the party, which I feel like has further kind of made her uninterested in in, in studying and all of that. And so, like, I feel like Pacey just doesn't know how to broach this topic with Audrey because he's tried to before and yeah. it hasn't really worked out in his favor. So he sees this, like, F on her paper. Uh, she knows something's up because, like, he has this, like, look on his face. And it's also very unsurprising to me, Todd, that Pacey is not into costume parties because going all the way back into when they were in high school, none of the Creek Creeps ever wanted to go to, like, dances or proms or anything like that Pet right rallies. like anytime there's yeah anything like that no they're out on it so it's not exactly surprising that pc's like not really my thing no no i mean if dawson wasn't into it that would be surprising because dawson is mr halloween but the fact that anyone else is out on it uh, doesn't really surprise me especially pacey because i pacey you know is like a little too cool to do that sort of thing yeah. a little above it all oh uh, yeah he he would hate a couple's costume yeah yeah, he would. He, it's just this is not his vibe. Um, so, uh, so right. So the, we do get like a little bit of snipping between them. Um, when Audrey, when he says, "Oh, I'm not a costume party guy," and she says, "Oh, you love putting on that monkey suit of yours every morning," mm. and she's like, "All right, fine, fine, fine. Let's not like get into another tiff about our ever widening ideological differences," which. Like, realistically, you're just at two different points in your life, people. It's fine. You know, like, let's just call it what it is. It's horrible. It's it's earth shattering, Jessica. I'm so over this couple, to be honest with you. But also, the blue book with the F said, what's going on with you? Question mark, question mark. It's uh, No, no college professor is going to write that. What's going on with you? I don't know. Nothing good. Yeah. 
Uh, we go to Jack, Emma, and Pacey's apartment where they're getting ready for the party. And we see Jen. She is in a black wig that is pigtailed. And I guess so. Is she? She's either like a dark angel. Or I think she's a just a generic or gothic. Uh, yeah, it feels like ooh, she's like a generic dark a, angel. A gargoyle. She's definitely not a gargoyle. <laughs> I, I don't was, need her that much. I was yeah. thinking goth fairy, but yeah, I can goth, see dark angel too. Dark angel, uh, something like that. Fallen angel. And then Emma just looks like she's dressed up as herself. And then <laughs> Jack. She added some pink to her hair. I thought she already had pink in her hair. She had purple in her hair. It also looks like she's wearing a wig. It doesn't look like her actual I, hair. I really can't keep up. And then Jack kind of looks like himself too. But he has uh, little vampire teeth in there. It also kind of looks like... <laughs> Even though this wasn't out, it looks like he's dressed up as someone from True Blood, even though that didn't oh. exist at the time. That this <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Me. Well, maybe, hold on. Like, maybe he's supposed to be dressed up as somebody from, like, Interview with the Vampire or something. No. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Well, in the future, in the future. When, the future um, version? Well, yeah, where when Brad Pitt is like driving, or who's who was driving? Tom Cruise it was, was driving. Uh, no, Tom Cruise was in the back seat, and it was a Christian Slater who was driving. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But driving. yeah, because he's kind of like wearing like a kind of like a, a motorcycle jacket. Yeah, looking yeah, he's thing. like very like rocker type of yeah. biker like vampire. Yeah, he's like a biker vampire thing. I don't know. If this is a very specific reference. I couldn't think of anything yeah, off the top like of my one. head that was like a super specific reference yeah. to. The only thing is, it's like oh, all our main cast has to be dressed like punk rocky. Like they're all. It's very strange. Like yeah, usually I mean, we see a little bit more of a wide array or variety in like costuming, but this all feels like like oh this was a requirement for this really we'll get into this party later but like this really punk rock heavy metal type extravagant party. party all for naught i think that jack is putting in the most effort for the least amount of money all he had to do was go to party city get those vampire teeth for eight dollars and 99 cents probably less back in the day put them in and put on clothes that he already had and he looked great everybody yeah. else probably spent hundreds of dollars at party city yeah i'm i'm a big fan of the the vampire keith uh halloween costume it's like low low cost low impact but yeah. it's like a nice effect so i was, I was you a big know fan of that this those were like good quality teeth they weren't like the what? ones that were plastic oh that yeah. yeah no it yeah. was like the little flipper yeah, but the only concern I would have is, like, if I'm at a party and I'm munching, like, that's going to be affected. Well, you can't eat, Jess. You can't eat. I'm not allowed to eat at this party? Then why am I going? Well, they're going to be drinking. That's why you go Ugh. to a party. The I nobody... really what I really you... like Jen's outfit. I thought Jen's outfit was, like, the cutest. Yeah, she looks great. Although, I will say, I couldn't stop but look. Like, okay. They ruined Jen's hair this season. Even in a costume party episode, oh. we can't get decent hair like i like the pigtails but why is there a huge chunk of hair in the back that's not in the pigtails it's very distracting for me this entire time yeah well what um, are you gonna do but yeah so, so they start talking about cj um and all about how like oh jack is like saying oh call him call him jen's like oh it's too late the opportunity is like the window is closed so he finally gets her to call so she calls the like uh help desk of the uh, place that he works the like therapy place that he works and 
it is kind of a weird conversation, Todd, where it's like, she asks like, oh, are you free tonight? Do you want to go to a party? And he asks like, oh, are there other people going? Which to me is like a red flag for him to ask that. I feel like Jen should have picked up on a little bit of a cue there. But he does say yes. And she gives him the, the address and she seems very happy about it. This whole scene is very weird between the two of them. First of all, I had completely forgotten that Jensen Ackles was on Dawson's Creek. Mm -hmm. So I was very shocked whenever he turned out to be CJ. Uh, I could not remember that at all. But no, the whole interaction is strange, especially because I haven't been rewatching. And so I'd forgotten like how much interaction they'd had before. And I went back and reread, like, okay, they've had enough interactions before this where I feel like he should have automatically known what was going on here. But yeah, it's strange. Like asking if there's other people, and and Jen seems oblivious. And this whole episode, she seems oblivious anytime, except whenever she, I think, overreacts to one thing. And so she's either oblivious or jumping to conclusions that aren't there because she doesn't want the the other thing to be true. I don't know. Jen's reads are way off this whole episode, which is like kind of hard to watch. You just I want yeah. The show Jen. hates Jen, Todd. They hate Jen. It's 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 wild. It is so wild because she's either is completely oblivious to his signals or takes the signals and goes, "Oh well, he's gay." That explains everything. And like, uh, <gasps> there's a there's a there's a upsetting. middle ground there. But uh, yeah, it's it's a weird thing because if he's not interested in her at all, which he says he isn't later on, then just just be polite and go, "Oh no, yeah, I uh, no, I am working. I have other plans. Thanks yeah. for thinking of you know." You can, you can, like, let her down easy if he's not wanting to lay her on. Because it's so odd. Why would this girl call you up and invite you to a party if she doesn't want you to go out with her on a date? You know, that is yeah. why this girl is yeah. calling you. And if, if he doesn't realize that, he's an idiot. If he does realize that and still goes, even though he's no interest in her, he's a jerk. So, yeah. uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember enough about the CJ story to know where this I just lands. feel like that's what I'm, con- that's what I'm, like, confused about, Sarah. It's like, what are we doing with this storyline? Like, what is the purpose of this character then? Like, what what is he here for? Is Jen going to yeah. suddenly start working at this, like, therapy place and, like, be really good at it or something? Because that's obviously, like, what he wants from her. But it's really weird because, like, later we'll hear from his friend, like, oh, my God, he talks about you all the time, which is so weird. Uh, yeah, I didn't really no get it yet. I think it's one of those things that, I don't know, maybe they have an idea what's going to happen, but I don't. Uh, I mean, Jen got friend zoned. That's what happened. She got friend zoned. Yeah. Big, big and bad. And she doesn't realize it yet, which is like super painful. I just want, I just want Jack to tell her, which we'll, we'll get into because he uh, doesn't yeah. yet. Um, but first we got to go. Oh, go ahead, Todd. Just one thing before we leave the scene. Whenever she asks what he's doing, he says he's probably just going to go home and watch Halloween H2O, which is like the, one of the movies in the Halloween series, which was Based on a story by Kevin Williamson. There you go. Created Dawson's there we go. Creek. And Kevin Williamson was very involved. Like he's I don't think he's like necessarily credited in the movie, but he is like was very involved in writing Halloween H2O. So this is the people shouting out Kevin Williamson's mm-hmm. horror movie stuff. So That's I just wanted fun. to get that little thing in somewhere. In there. That's fun. 
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. So in Hell's Kitchen, uh, we have Eddie working behind the bar and Joey says, oh, I have great news. You can come back to class. I already talked to Heston for you. And I'm like, Joey, what about Eddie says, hey, butt into my business. Have, mm. We've been here before, Joey. Just leave it be. And Eddie doesn't seem very happy about it. And so she immediately kind of like realizes her mistake. And OK, Sarah, I messaged you earlier today. I don't know what's wrong with me. I really don't. There is something so attractive. <laughs> yeah, you're thirsting hard. I don't know why. What is it about him that's attractive? And so what did I say to you? Um, it's, I don't remember. What, it's what the Riz. What does that mean? You don't know what the Riz means? Todd, please tell me you know you don't know what the Riz means. I have no idea what the Oh, Riz thank God. Means. Okay, what it's is the like, Riz? It's well, I'm also an old compared to y'all. An so old. <laughs> It's I'm an old like, compared to Sarah because she always knows what the kids are talking about. It's these like days. the charisma. He's got game. Oh, you oh. could have just like, said charisma. It's like he's like suave and he's got like, you know, it's like, like he's a little mean, but like also like very sweet he's and like, like complicated. He's the guy you're like, I can fix him. Oh, I hate myself. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the Riz. Uh, that's it's the hair he, too. He has yeah. really good hair. And a nice face. Sure. Yeah, he's very good looking. He is the son of Goldie Hawn. I know you've told That's, me. And Kurt Russell. I, I was getting ready right? to say that. He's got like the Kurt Russell Goldie Hawn a uh, you know charisma factor going on there. Yes. So. Wait, Todd, do you see the see in the eyes the the Kate Hudson in the eyes? I can't she always says this to me, and I've literally never ever seen it. Interesting. Uh I, I always see like so Kate Hudson, I look at Kate Hudson, I'm like, okay, that is definitely Goldie Hawn's dog. You know, I can, I can, I can, yeah, yeah, I can, I can see the that with with all of her husband. I don't necessarily see the the familial connection as much in the features. Uh, I think he looks more like Kurt Russell than he does Goldie Hawn. Because in yeah. Goldie Hawn, I agree with Todd. I feel like her and Kate Hudson look a lot alike. I feel like hair and face shape and everything. He looks like Kurt Russell, but he looks more attractive than. Kurt. <laughs> either way he's very attractive and joey realizes her mistake and that's when she bumps into like this freaking 12 year old girl who shouldn't be in a bar um and we find out that apparently in order to get eddie back in the class that he's not registered for mm -hmm. uh, she agreed to babysit what she thought was uh the professor's five-year-old daughter turns out this girl is like 12 and a total you think that girl's 12 she looks young maybe 13 
I thought she was like 16. Oh, she's definitely not that old. Why is I she even she babysitting is. if she's 16 years old? Because I mean, why does a 13-year-old need babysitting? Why does an 11-year-old need babysitting? I was being baby. I babysat myself since I was seven. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. So, basically, this is the deal they made, uh, which is really sad, this story, because basically – the professor and his daughter are supposed to spend every Halloween together and they have a family tradition of going to the movies and this year and I suppose years previously he has been finding an out to not participate in this family tradition and instead got himself a date hence why Joey has to babysit his daughter and that's why she total fucking dick yeah I mean that sucks she that even sucks. says this kid is like, oh, she's a skank. And he and the dad, instead of saying she's not a skank, don't say that. Todd, he says she's not a bad kind of skank. Oi, just oi, all around. It is, it's not good. It's not Hate good. Him. It's not good. Especially when we find out that the, the daughter is like visiting him. She doesn't even like live with him. She's visiting Such him. Such a dick. This is supposed to be their like bonding time, you dick yeah it's really it's really sad like i this guy has no redeeming qualities but uh so obviously understandably so the daughter is really upset and that's why she's kind of being a little ball of attitude but the only thing that does make this girl happy is seeing oliver hudson because who wouldn't be because <laughs> just like jessica she is infatuated by him. I can't him. help. It's something, and I don't know if, um, I don't know if either of you ever watched the show Nashville, but like yeah. he had, that's the only other thing that I think I've seen him in. And he plays like a total fucking douche nozzle. So I don't know why I'm so attracted <laughs> to him. Well, I just think there's it's something the wrong attitude. with me. I think, yeah, I, I think, think it's because it brings wrong with you. It brings me back there. We talked about this a little bit on a different. Yeah. I don't know if it, it might have been last week. Uh, where like. When I was a teenager, this is the exact guy I would go for. The one that, like, gave me a little bit of shit, like, wouldn't admit that he actually, like, cared for me or liked me at all. Yeah. And, like, have a lot of charisma. That's the exact kind of uh, douchebag I would I go for. you said that you like to bother the quiet kids in class. I also did that. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. I was a little boy crazy when I was a teenager, but, like, really? who wasn't? Yeah, it's surprising, right? Because I'm not anymore. Chasing the dick all damn dead. <laughs> I would have said I was chasing the dick. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure that's just what you said. I mean, yeah, chasing the dick. That's All right. Funny. We're at the party with Dawson. Dawson is dressed up as Jessica said it, a men in black character, I think. Yeah. Originally, Ooh. I thought he was supposed to be, um, he was supposed to be the guy from um, the Matrix. What the hell is it called? Matrix. Uh, yeah. But no, no, no. Not Morpheus, right? Is that his name? I think oh Agent God, Smith think is so. probably who you're thinking about. Sure. Right? Is he go weaving yeah. character? Yeah. I have no clue. So anyway, what we have here is Dawson. This party is very extravagant, and I really, really like it. And they spent a lot of money on it. Actually, I think that this is where all of the movie budget went because they, <laughs> they, they're yes. like, didn't they say that the movie budget was like way out of whack? This is where all the money went. Um, Dawson is walking around and he sees a shadowy figure of a girl that looks like her name what was it monica may uh basically this 
girl in a blonde wig with glasses and a black trench coat and he's like i gotta follow this girl who's that and this is kind of dawson's thing this episode Mm -hmm. following this like shadowy figure the the most obvious costume that has ever existed like this is obviously someone in a wig and yes wig trench coat Big glasses is like the most obvious thing. Like they don't want you to see who they are, Dawson. Why are you not twigging to the fact that this is all, you know, a setup? Come on. It's such a setup, but he is definitely in the Halloweeny mood and he is buying full into it. Full in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he like interrupts Todd, who's dressed like a priest, of course. Yeah. Um, who's like hitting on these two twins and he's like, Oh, I need to talk to you right now. I saw Melanie Ray. And Todd's like, mm, absolutely not. He's he's, and I love how Todd is like, you probably saw someone dressed up like her. It's a costume party. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, and so this is when Natasha comes over, and Sarah, this is the one costume I recognized instantly on this whole episode. Is this from the Blink One Eighty Two? Oh, poster. I thought you- she was supposed to be Britney Spears. Let's see. From the from the like schoolgirl outfit. The, the oops, I did it again era. She kind of looks like okay, look at uh, she the, has the what I she was like a nurse, right? Yeah, yeah, like she's wearing okay, she's wearing like a white top that's like yeah, tied up. Is Her Spears. hair is in pigtails. She doesn't have the gray sweater, but like everything else fits. Yeah, I think it's... I got honed in on the white shirt and like the red bra, which does kind of remind me of the Blink-182 song, Adam like, song. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of generic sexy schoolgirl uh, yeah, going yeah. for. Because they could have like gone harder into the Catholic schoolgirl thing, which I think would have fit with like Todd being a priest. Uh, but it's not quite Catholic schoolgirl sexy outfit like Britney Spears's thing is because the colors feel a little off it needs to be like more muted i think to really fall into that so yeah i I didn't really twig to the britney spears as the exact reference but i definitely see that now but i was like just thinking it was like generic hi i'm sexy halloween costume (laughs) yeah she's definitely just playing as sexy girl uh so she is still being flirty with todd she hands him her lollipop which BTW, like if you're gonna give me a lollipop, just give me a new lollipop. They cost 25 cents, and I don't really want your slobbery lollipop. Uh, so she drags him away, and Dawson is just getting so jealous. And then we cut to the bar where um do we even know what the professor's daughter's name is? Um blonde girl, blonde girl, blonde yeah. daughter girl. Harley is her name. Harley is flirting with um eddie eddie yeah she's just like oh do you have a girlfriend eddie uh and i, I found yeah. the age by the number eddie like oh you're oh. nasty <laughs> yeah mm, yeah and eddie's kind of i think he's just trying to like laugh it off like i don't know like it's not like he's like actively flirting with this child but no uh so joey comes over and she's like all right guys like let's go harley let's go to the movies let's have some fun and harley is like i don't want to go to the movies with you you are a loser and i don't even know you and i would rather hang out with eddie and she's like "Mm, that's not part of the bargain 
And then they decide that they're going to all go, including Eddie, to a haunted house. Yeah, he agrees to go because uh, Harley's like, well, I'll go if you go. Joey's like, Eddie's working. He's like, actually, I'm off in five. And like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And Joey looks surprised because she thinks Eddie hates her. But Eddie uh, is interested. Very interested. Actively interested, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And he tries to play it off as like, doesn't it suck when people butt into your business? I'm like, shut I- up, Betty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like simultaneously hate him and like I'm so attracted to him that I don't care what he says. It's It's called hate fucking. I need to make sure. I need to look up. uh, I need to. What is his name? Oliver Hudson. Oliver Hudson. Yeah. Sarah, around when did this episode come out? Do you remember? Like 2002. 2002. He was born in 76. I'm trying to find if my uh, attracting him is problematic. Let's see. Uh, So no, he's an adult. Oh, his wrinkles. Yeah, stop it. He, he does. Do you see it around his stop eyes? It. So 86. So he's born in 76. So 86, 96. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, totally I fine. Mean, he's yeah, in he's his like, mid-20s at the year, very least. He's one year younger than I, I am. So I was like well out of college by the time. Like, I totally was, like, fine. Know, I can be attracted four, to him. We're four, good. Four years out of college by this point. So I don't have to edit anything out. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Joey needs to participate in, Todd? What? No Metal May. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain what No Metal May is for the listeners who have no fucking idea? Yeah, I feel like we talked about this previously, but No Metal May came from the How I Met Your Father podcast with Adam. And essentially, uh, Adam and I, the the episode was they had to come up with a challenge. Uh, Everybody had to accept a challenge that they aren't typically able to do. So one character learned how to drive, one character learned how to hula hoop blah 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 so then i said to adam i was like you know what we should do we should do no meddling for an entire month and it was like march 28th and i was like we can't do no metal march because that's only two days so we've been talking about no metal may for um for a while now and it's two days away and joey should meddle less but uh just just an opinion but guess what? It's what? all metal, May. Stop it. At the um, party because oh, wow. it's metal music. Everybody is raging on at this party. Yeah. And CJ and his friends show up, but they're not wearing costumes because Jen neglected to tell them that it's a costume party. How embarrassing for them. Yeah, I would be mortified. I would just leave. It's like the time where I showed up at a white party and nobody told me it was a white party and I was wearing a shirt that had bananas on it and I was mortified and then I left. But I came back. What the hell is a white party? What the fuck? You don't know what a white party is? Are you fucking joking me? Why do you have to wear all white? That sounds like my worst nightmare is being because to wear that's all white. the whole thing. It's like a summer why party where you actively all wear white. You've never why? Been a white party. That sounds because so it's boring. Hamptons. It's 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 classy. That's so boring. What the fuck, Jessica? You've never white heard of is a white the most party? boring color, and also it's the worst color to have to wear because one, I'm a spiller. Two, um, it's boring, and three, like. Talk about undergarments. It's very see-through. You wear white or nude undergarments, and then you don't have a problem. Who's wearing, Who like, like, white pants? 
the people that you, you have to go to the white party. I need people to weigh in on this white party nonsense. Like literally any, like a purple party, a pink party, a blue party. Any of those things are fine. A white party? <sighs> fuck right off. This is some old rich, rich white people nonsense. That's what this is. It's very Nantucket. It's very Hampton. Well, I don't it's go very to the classy. It's I'm I not classy. Your... <laughs> well, I have never heard of a white party. Todd, what about weigh in on the white party nonsense? I I have heard of white parties. I have never been to white party, nor do I have any desire to go to a white party. Uh, I'm someone who dresses almost exclusively in earth tones. <laughs> I'm very black, brown. That yeah. that's that's my jam right there. Yeah. So uh, white. Uh, I like like Jess. I'm gonna get food all over me. I'm gonna get dirt all over me. It's going to be. I know it's supposed to be classy, but I would not be classy in my all white getup. I would be like filthy within like minutes of of attending this thing. So for me, not for me. Paris pressed. So they show up at the party, <laughs> not dressed up, and they do something very interesting where Jack takes CJ and Jen takes the friend of CJ, which, by the way, they were shocked that CJ was bringing a friend and all very upset about it, which is like, okay, so you want CJ to show up a party where he only knows one person? Like, of course he can bring a friend. It's ridiculous. So... That's what they wind up doing. They're going to break. Oh, but before that, Jen's like really upset. And she's pretty sure that she once again got attracted to somebody who has a preference of men and not women. Yeah, Todd, to your point, I don't understand how this is like the first thing that Jen jumps to. It's like, you're bringing friends to this party, Jen. Does that mean that you're gay? No. Like, he just brought a freaking friend to a party where he wasn't going to really know anybody. That friend is a buffer. Yeah, I mean, it's like he asked, is it just going to be you? And she's like, no, my friends are coming along. So Yeah, uh, yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah, so he thinks, oh, it's more of a group thing than just like a one-on-one thing. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, him bringing a friend is it's not the end of the world. And I don't know if she just now suddenly thinks that, like, because it's not like the interest is like, hi, I'm David. I'm gay. You know, she just automatically, she's like, two guys coming. I'm like, oh, ma- yeah. automatically, they, they're giving off gay vibes now. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fly paper for homosexuals. I think it's oh what my she God. Yeah. Uh, the number of times that people say homosexuals on the show is really jarring because I just don't <laughs> think that's like the verbiage we would use nowadays. Like, we're more likely to say like LGBTQ or like gay or queer or like there's so many other words that we would use nowadays in this show feels very 90s whenever they say oh someone is a homosexual it's <laughs> very very weird didn't they yeah. say the r word in oh this? they oh, oh yeah that yeah. the young girl says it actually we're about to talk about that scene yeah that just made me feel so stinking uncomfortable you, like wasn't it was it joey that said it another episode like a while back and we were yeah, like oh, I, oh 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 yeah it's I, so I, awkward I, and weird and yeah cool. i hate it so um gosh um love a buffer by the way a friend buffer i think it's a great idea to bring a friend buffer because at the very least if you have no one else to talk to then you have your friend yeah love a buffer so uh jack no not jack uh eddie harley and joey are at the haunted house and it's the jean jacket 
He's wearing a jean jacket too, which like I did have a thing for when I was a teenager. Oh, like I so loved a jean jacket. You like Canadians because I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I like a Canadian. I like yeah. my friendly Canadians you like to the, the north. What do they call it? Canadian the, like, tuxedo. Like tuxedo. Yeah. So but that's all denim. He has a shirt underneath the the denim jacket. I don't know if it counts. But he's wearing denim jeans. We'd have to ask a Canadian. I think. Sure. Uh, so Harley is not very impressed by this haunted house, but they're just walking around and she is very mean to Joey and says a bad word. And then Joey calls her a little twerp and then Eddie defends the little twerp. I hate this girl so much. She's such a little D-bag. <laughs> I mean, she's a baby D-bag. Tastes after her father. So Eddie and Joey are kind of talking about, uh, you know, give her a break. She has, like, daddy issues. You couldn't understand. And Joey is just sitting there and is like, you freaking know nothing about me. And basically he insinuates that she's a rich girl. And he's like, she, she's, they basically know nothing about each other because they're just making assumptions. Yeah, it's it's not a great look for Eddie in this moment. Um, and also, like, Joey earlier had been, like, trying to get through to Harley with, like, you know, I know about bad dads. I could write, like, a yeah. dissertation about bad dads. And yeah. she was not mm-hmm. saying that with, while Eddie was away. Like, Eddie's already heard her say, like, I, I am aware of, of these things. Uh, and just because the girl has, like, a bad dad go the rough times, no, still no excuse for her to be treating Joey the way that, because she is awful to Joey awful yeah their episode i mean it's it's one thing to be like kind of sulky and things like that but just like the the amount of vitriol she spews at joey constantly is just so obnoxious but then for me like mm. i don't need pity from a rich girl thing and but joey joey's like you don't know anything about me I'm like well, well maybe tell him something about yourself if you're interested in this guy you know <laughs> yeah. then you're like have an actual conversation about your lives and who you are and where you came from maybe that would help the situation uh, maybe go and talk to him about stuff instead of just going and trying to do stuff for him that he doesn't want. Maybe that would help things. I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting that like neither one of them, it's kind of like the very beginning stages of a relationship where you like don't know a ton about the other person. It's just like they like the chemistry, but like neither one of them, they're making a lot of assumptions about one another which is an issue. And uh, and so Joey asks, like, well, why did you even come to class if you didn't like Professor Heston? And we find out from Eddie, which, again, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't track with what we've seen on the show. But, like, sure, okay, I'll believe it. Eddie says, oh, well, you got under my skin. I found myself having these series of annoying conversations with you in my head, which must be a sign of something. So I kept coming back for more. Uh, and this is when we oh, – this is, like, my least favorite moment of the episode because it is – so like sticky and like obvious and stupid and over the top when um there's someone who like jumps out and scares joey and it's okay i just i really can't katie holmes sometimes girl like get it together the scream of like ah! it's like i i wanted to die like i made my skin crawl and she leaps into eddie's arms and eddie just jokes and he's like ah, you're such a scary cat um and uh and so joey says and so he's like holding her right and she's like oh can you let me go now and he's like no i don't think so and that's when they kiss for the second time but this time at his you know provoking hooray 
Sarah, I need to, <laughs> as this, as someone who often says that Joey has Lego hands and has terrible chemistry with everyone except for Joshua Jackson, who pulled it out of her. Um, what did you think of this kiss? Uh, still a little sus. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh. You know, he's know. doing, he's putting in a lot of the work here. He's putting in all the work. He's, he's going in slowly. In She's just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> and she lets it go on for a half a second. And she's like, oh no, the terrible teenage girl. We have to find her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Screw this, her. Make out with not, Eddie. This wasn't a very good kiss. Yeah. Can't. Uh, we're back at the party and everyone's rocking and rolling. And Audrey and Pacey are just. They're starting to snark each other. You know, she's like, why aren't you having fun? And he's like, why are you failing out of school? And she's like, why are you bringing this up? Like, you're such a fucking dud. And he's like, you are just, you know, not even trying at school. Like, he never, I don't know. He's like, he's saying like, I know about not trying at school. I've been there. I understand. Like, let me help you. In my experience, it's just not one F. They come in bunches. And she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to hear about it. They're at a party. This is not the best time to talk about it. And she then kind of, you know, takes a little bite out of him and is like, you know what? Like, you are just, like, focusing on work all damn day. Like, you don't know me. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's this is tough, Todd, because we talked Sarah and I have talked a lot about this, about like them being at very different points in their lives and timing, you know, dictates how if relationships can work a lot of the time. And Pacey is upset because he's like, I have to work for a living, which Audrey then always takes as well, oh, you're saying that I'm like privileged because I don't have to work for a living because I'm in college. And Audrey's upset because Pacey has been solely focused on work right now rather than on their relationship and on her. And it does feel like Audrey really needs Pacey in this moment and is like very upset that his focus is elsewhere. Yeah, it's rough. I think think my thing that bothers me about the scene on for the Audrey side of things is now that Pacey is showing concern and trying to reach out to her, they're like, well, it's, it's too little too late. It's like, oh, I want you to show me concern. Oh, you show me concern? Well, you should have done it before. And I, I hate I hate that. I understand it, but I hate it. I hate that her reaction to him trying to reach out to her is to shove him away even more. I think there, there's so many things in the right. They, again, they, just, they just need to break up at this point in time because their relationship is you know, fundamentally broken. It feels like even before we find out what Pacey's thinking later on, but I, I hate that response from Audrey. I hate the fact that whenever he's like trying to understand what's going on, her response is like, if you were really my boyfriend, you would already know. And yeah. I, I, I hate that. That is just such, but it is like, she's, she's she needs depression. to tell him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, it's game playing in a way. And I, I, I can't, I can't stand that, which is awful because I love Audrey. I, this season does a lot to I, I i remember watching this scene the first time and just hating what they were doing with audrey through this whole season uh i i just i just hate the way like having her flunk out of classes and do do this stuff i feel like she's being very self-destructive to herself oh, and yeah. and you know and i i hated to see it i hated to see it because i loved audrey so much i know there's a little bit of that in the, the last season as well but i feel like it really gets ramped up and I just hate seeing Audrey in pain. I don't want to see Audrey in pain. Let Audrey be happy, writers. Come on. Yeah. I think I I just, like, feel like I understand 
it's not like I agree with what she's doing, but I feel like I understand because obviously she's going through a lot and she doesn't have the way to really articulate and she doesn't have, I don't know, the perfect support system for her to kind of work through all of this. And she's frustrated with Pacey, but she doesn't have the communication skills to really talk about what's bothering her so then she goes to the passive aggressive approach yeah and not talk about what is like really happening and then she takes the low easy digs because that's all she has in this situation and mm-hmm. uh, you know we could talk about oh you know sarah and audrey are very similar and the, these are the types of things that, like, I could see myself doing. So, um, especially when trying to be avoided, trying to avoid having the spotlight turned on me to a subject that I don't want to talk about. Like, yeah, you know, experiencing trauma or failing out of classes. It's very easy to turn the script and, like, point it back at Pacey to take the heat off of yourself. Audrey really wants Pacey to already know what's going on with her without her actually having to tell him, which is like, okay, here's the thing. Like what we have to always try to remember on the show is like, they're very young. Like they're in college. Like these are when you learn these relationship uh, uh, problems and solutions and like how to be a better partner and how to communicate when you're in a relationship. Yeah. They're just so young. And like, so to have someone like Audrey, like, while what she's doing isn't necessarily the best, neither one of them are acting the best in this situation, Um, it is understandable why she is this way. Yeah. Because she's used to people leaving, and so that's what she just assumes what's going to happen all the time. And she's going through a really rough time in her life, and she doesn't necessarily feel like she can open up to PC about it for whatever reason, right? Like, We know that the problem didn't just start because of what happened to her at that party. It feels like that's exacerbated it, but it felt like that was happening before she even returned to school that like she isn't really interested in studying at the moment. And she feels like her and Pacey had this lovely summer together and they spent all this time together. And I feel like for her, it was much more difficult to go through the, the flip being switched. So like immediately when he gets this job, that like takes up most of his time and she is trying to like be more of acting her age or acting like the life that she's leading. Yeah. So it does seem really, really, I feel so bad for Audrey and like, yeah, this is something we could point to and be like, Audrey, just tell Pacey the truth. But at the same time, it's easy for us to say that when like, we know, you know, Audrey is the kind of person who's so afraid of people leaving her that she's going to put up this like bright and shiny exterior a lot of the time mm-hmm. to avoid like telling the truth and like basically pushing someone out of her life, which is what she doesn't want. Yeah. And as a reminder, like Audrey was very, very herself happy with how the summer went. Pacey said that he felt suffocated. So, you know, like, I just feel like she probably felt him pulling away and like she probably was like, if I only love him more, if I only give him more attention, if I only give him more gifts, then he's going to want to stay. Then he's going to want to be with me. If I get him this job through my father, like he's going to love me as much as I love him. And we're going to talk about this more in like the end. But like I can just see like 
her wheels spinning of like, how can I keep this person in my life and throwing like everything at the wall and him still pulling away. And that is damaging. I understand why she's feeling really upset right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 100% projecting, I'm sure. <laughs> but I just I just see it. I can feel it. I know it. Um, it's fine. So Dawson, he, he's flirting with this devil witch. And he sees the phantom girl in a wig up in the risers. And he's like, bye, girl. No time to flirt. I have to chase down a ghost. As you do. As you do. (laughs) As one does. He goes up to the risers and he's chasing after her and he loses the girl. But what he does see is Natasha and Todd being flirty down there. And Natasha takes Todd's hand and uh, drags him to a undisclosed location. Oh, no, it's not undisclosed. It's Dawson's fake bedroom. Yeah, which he can, like, see right into because it's a set. And so he can, like, see yes. them in the fake bedroom from up above, which is a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, and, yeah, he, and they're, like, getting very mad. close. Yeah. So he's, like, getting very jealous about it. He's about to, like, burst into the room, but he, like, takes a half a second. And by the time he goes in, there's, like, a ton of other people in I there. Know, I don't know which how is How the hell did they get in there so quickly? Yeah. Well, how yeah. did Natasha get from upstairs to downstairs so quickly? See... This is my my big question about this sequence is the timing seems very sus. They, they had to have more than one person playing this fake yeah. actress. That that's my thinking. There was someone else in the costume that got him up there, and they probably had like some walkie talkies or something. You probably have those yeah. on the set, and the person's like, "Okay, he's up. Move towards the room now. He's looking at you. He's looking at you." There's got to be something like that going on. Because otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, because there's no way Natasha had enough time to get down and changed and imbue. There's no way that they would have known, you know, they had the people like all come barreling in at once after he like lost view of it without having like tons of people in on the prank. Doesn't this remind you of Pretty Little Liars? <laughs> Just like randos uh, and wigs yes. and sunglasses, like kind running around and chasing after people. Yeah, big PLL energy. Big yeah, or energy. if not that, it's a little Phantom of the Opera. Just like <laughs> it, just like because oh, remember because the Phantom in um on the Broadway production, he's like all over the place, and you're always like, how did he get there? Lots of tricks. It's very tricksy, the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. So this is when um, Dawson goes with the editor again and he's like, oh, look at uh, look about look at this. Um, And it's like uh, we actually see uh, again another fake clip of like this fake actress or whatever or maybe the real actress who the hell knows. And it's the actual murder where he's like strangling her. And I'm like, okay, but this is a little bit much to be like this is like a little this is a lot for a prank to watch someone strangling someone else and think it's real (laughs) well you can see natasha's actually a good actress who knew yeah at this point like my my question is like okay does dawson not recognize this other actor you know and i was also wondering if it was actually natasha playing the victim at this point if they got a different actress here somebody who's better at acting yeah possibly or someone that he because i feel like from a distance, Dawson wouldn't be able to recognize Natasha in the outfit. But I feel like on the, the close-up of the, the murder, I think he might have gotten more of a clue. So I think if they were smart, they would have had someone else in the get-up 
for this. I couldn't really tell if it's not. I'm I'm someone who's horrible. Like, I have like a little, not full face blindness, but if you put an actress in a different hairstyle, there's like a like 50 50 chance I'm not going to recognize it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm one of those, those people that a uh, there are people like, oh, I until they speak, I had no idea that it was the same actor since other thing because their hairstyle is slightly different from what I've seen before. So I could not tell you if this was actually Natasha getting strangled in this sequence or not i felt like it was someone else but i'm not 100 percent sure i think if they were smart they would have thrown someone else in here but i did like because i was like okay because i'm looking like okay because dawson would recognize natasha right dawson would even recognize her in like the get up at this point wouldn't he yeah wouldn't he yeah they must have used someone else for that but um so then dawson was like really up and close in her business exactly so uh, Dawson and Natasha like talk and he's like, oh, you look amazing. She's like, yeah, I've gotten like a few marriage proposals. So no big deal. <laughs> um, and so Dawson asks like, oh, why did she have an affair with director? Like she already was married. And Natasha's like, yeah, but like she wanted someone to pay attention to her. Not all relationships are perfect, Dawson. They don't last forever. Maybe, uh, maybe he blew it. And he's she, he's like, well, maybe she didn't give him enough of a chance. And it's like, Dawson, stop with the coded language. Get out of here. This is so stupid. She didn't give him a chance. She did. She did. He blew it. He blew <laughs> it. Yeah. He uh, went for the pissy one. Yeah. He slept with someone else. Um. So anyway, so uh, Natasha's like, listen, if you're asking about me and Todd, it's like really none of your business. And I love her calling him out because this this is what I liked about him. This is what I like about Natasha. Like her, like. Joey and him talk at each other in coded language. It makes no fucking sense. Whereas Natasha actually says directly, like, you're not so good with the subtext, baby. And you have no right to be jealous. And I was like, yes, girl, get it. Yeah, that, that is good. That is good. Someone like calling Dawson as BS. I'm here for 100%. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so then we're back at the haunted house uh, with Eddie and Joey. Or excuse me. They just left the haunted house because they're trying to find this freaking teenage girl. And Joey's all upset. And she's just like, ugh, ugh. You know, everything was going just fine until you had to kiss me. And I was like, Joey! Oh! Joey. It's not his fault. She's a bad girl. She sucks. She sucks a lot of the time. And yeah. then Eddie's like, will you kiss me first? It's like, can't so, take so ownership childish. for shit. Yeah. Um, but this is when, uh, he said something like, he says something that like, oh, the dad was supposed to take her to the movies and he didn't. And Joey's just like, oh my God, you're a genius. And she hugs him. And I'm like, this is so freaking over Why would the girl go to the movies? I don't know. Because the dad was supposed to take her to the movies. Okay. So she's like, oh. It's their tradition. Okay. And And then she's like, okay, I feel better going to my tradition movie by myself. Yeah, I think uh, rather than stay around Joey, who she despises, yeah. I think. As, I just wonder if like Harley saw them getting all buddy-buddy and like, oh no, I've lost my Eddie. And that's just going to console herself by going to see Fright Night, which is the right right choice. Fright Night is one of the best 80s vampire movies ever. One of my favorite movies. So we are going to oh. see Fright Night. And so, uh, the only redeeming quality that Harley shows in this whole episode for me. So. Oh, wait. Hold on. What happens if... The professor brought his like skanky girlfriend <laughs> to the movies. No! Oh, oh I, no! Now I'm sad that didn't happen. Now I'm sad that we didn't see that because that, that would have be been high drama. Amazing. No, no, no. Um. So yeah. So then we're back at the film set, 
and uh audrey's just walking around this empty graveyard and so she decides hey there's a coffin let me just hang out in it i guess i don't know why there's no one in this coffin already is like a scare thing because like if you look to this the it's so confusing about this is how much money they probably spent on all this if you look to the side when pacey walks in there's those like fake walls that people are like pushing their hands in on like so it's fabric so it looks like someone's trying to crawl out of the wall and there's literally no one in this room <laughs> wild so stupid so pacey walks in and emma's there and they have this whole conversation and you know he's obviously upset um and uh she can sense that there's like trouble with him and audrey uh and so she decides oh well we're flatmates i guess we can like have this conversation uh and so he says you know i used to think audrey and i were the perfect fit um because we were on equal footing so we know this was a huge issue with him and, and joey sarah like this was like a massive problem that he always felt like she was trying to fix him she was better than him and he was not good enough for joey um and he says there was no mind games no drama no angst it was just fun um, but Emma says, like, it's very hard to sustain that level of fun all the time. And oh, this hurt me. And I was really, really upset with PC in this moment, Sarah, when he says, um, I'm not sure if the reason I'm checking out is because I can't handle the rough spots or it's because I just don't love her anymore, which is like, I mean, not a great thing to say, but like, he thinks that this is a private conversation. But what got me was the next line where he says, or really for that matter, if I ever truly loved her. And I'm like, you're a fucking dick. <laughs> Is he though? Like, I mean, yes, yes, he is. But the thing is, is that I fucking knew it. Like, I knew he didn't love her. And I don't know. I don't know. Is it really his fault that he doesn't love this person? Like, maybe if he knew that, maybe he should have broken up with her. But I don't know. Like, sometimes it takes a while for you to understand how you're feeling. Like, it sucks. It really, 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 really sucks. I but. just feel like when you say you love someone, you should mean it. Like, you should know that you mean it. I don't know that there's, like, a way to be, like, I think the answer is, like, if you tell someone you love them, then you probably meant that in the moment. And, like, it's okay if you don't love them anymore. That's totally fine. But I never like the sentiment of, like, did I ever really love them? Because that just feels like shit. Okay, so he knows for a fact that he loved Joey. We assume that we know that he loved Andy. But even so, like... I, like I don't know if he loved Andy as much as he loved Joey like he doesn't have the same feelings for Audrey as he did for Joey point blank he knows for a fact he loved Joey yeah right so yeah. why like so that's that's what it is he just doesn't really like if he's like I know how I felt about Joey and I never felt that way about Audrey then did I really love her? And is that so wrong to say to a friend in private? No, you think you're talking about. I understand why. I understand why. Like this is a conversation that you have with a friend prior to having it with the person you're in the relationship with. Of course, it's really unfortunate that Audrey is like listening this whole time, but it just feels like shitty to backtrack on something that 
you said that is as significant as loving someone. People say that all the time. Like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Like, And that's, that's also bullshit to me. I hate when people say that. Why? I mean, like, you can have love for somebody, but love gets lost. Or maybe you realize that you, you do love. Like, I well, say. Well, that's different in my opinion. Well, say, I say I love you, Jess, but I'm not in love with you. I love you. But well, you have platonic love for me, not romantic love. So that's maybe the he has platonic love for Audrey. Todd. What do you think? We're probably going to fight about this all damn day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so bring me in to be like the peacekeeper yeah, or be the, the uh, peacekeeper, Todd. The of, be the I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the, the sit on the fence first. Like, well, I see both sides. Uh, yeah, that's that's my, I accept that in my life. That, that, that's my role, uh, which, which Adam always yells at me about. And Jess yells at me about sometimes too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, uh, I, I, I really am torn on this because I... I think going back to what Jess said earlier, like they, they're young, they are young and they don't necessarily know what their feelings mean. So I, I think, I think Sarah's point that, yeah, he got, he got his feelings confused. He felt something for Audrey, but now he's like, it's not what he felt with the other things. He thought it was love, but was it love? I, I agree that it is it's a bit shitty to be questioning whether you ever actually love someone. And also, is he that good friends with Emma to be talking about this at this point in time? It just feels it's, like it's, one of those, like, she's the one who's around and asking him about it in the moment. Yeah. He's not by someone. She, yep. And yeah, who else does he have to talk to at this point in time? I guess is the other thing. Because I feel like Pacey... Jack is really probably the, the closest person to him at the moment, I would say. Yeah, because it's it's hard to track with the the creeps are all like all their relationships are all messed up at this point in time about who you can't it's hard to keep track of who is actually talking to whom about what and whose whose friendships are right. dead and buried. Uh, so it, it feels a little weird for him to like make this major confession to someone who is like you know his flatmate, but you know the fact that she's like oh, I guess we're flatmates we sh I guess we can have a conversation about things feels like a little weird for him to unburden all this, but he needs to tell somebody. But it still feels a little odd for him to like unburden like this. This is a huge bombshell to, yeah. to say. I don't think I ever loved my girlfriend to this this person that you're kind of sort of friends with. I mean, I guess it's a bonding moment for them. Although she's like, don't don't expect this to really ever happen again. It's yeah. It, and yeah, he decides like, oh, I need a little bit more um, time on it. Like, I'm not gonna try to figure it out tonight. I need to think about it a little bit more. Um, and, uh, so then they leave and of course Audrey comes out of the, of the coffin and she's a bit upset about the whole thing, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. so back and at the, go ahead, Todd. I, I do think like the problem is that he has been thinking about it and he's dragging his feet. And I think, you know, never they have like the blow up later. I think Audrey has a point like Pacey is like waiting for something to happen to kind of get him out of this a little mm -hmm. bit i feel like he, he knows he doesn't care for her the way that he used to. he knows they're from their relationship he's not really doing anything to fix it he's just like oh, i need to think on it some more maybe something will occur to me but it's just causing more pain for both of them just like break it off just clean break yeah. that's what needs to happen but i feel Pace like is not going to do that always one person that mourns the relationship for like a i don't know a pro like a more prolonged period of time and i think that's what he's going through um what else is i don't know i just feel like i do feel really 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 sad for audrey i really do it's really unfortunate that she was there for that because i don't i i don't i don't i don't want to crucify pacey for having this conversation with a friend yeah. when i feel like i would do something like that like if yeah. i was really concerned about a relationship i would want to chat about it with a friend that i 
felt close enough to to divulge it to before making a decision because have someone to bounce it off of. So I oh. don't think it's Pacey's at fault for doing that. It's just really unfortunate that Audrey overhears the whole thing. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I'm, I'm definitely not coming down on Pacey for having the conversation. I'm coming down on Pacey for not manning up and doing something about it. But uh, I think the fact that he like, needs someone to talk it through. I mean, I'm someone who like needs to talk things through, you know, a thousand percent uh, on mm -hmm. this sort of thing. So I definitely, you know, feel that it's just, it's a, again a, a shitty situation yeah he's definitely like i mean odd to audrey's point in a bit he definitely is like the situation is comfortable i have you know somebody to go home to essentially i have somebody to be intimate with she fulfills a lot of my needs but i'm not like in love with her so in a way she audrey's right like she is being used yeah but. yeah um so back at the party um jen and david which is cj's friend are having a conversation and she's really trying to get down to the how long have you guys been together and david's like what do you mean together and jen's Oof. like oh okay yeah. so they're not dating uh so how long have you known each other and he says oh about a year uh they met at the stand which is like the counseling group that cj is part of um and so he says oh you should come by sometime um and david's like oh you're the jen he's always talking about and jen interprets this as like a romantic feeling which is fair like totally fair for her to think that but yep. uh david's like yeah he says you'd make a really great counselor uh and jen was like oh i thought you meant he wanted me but he's gay so like why would he and david's finally is like no he's definitely not gay and then we go over to jack and cj having like a very similar uh conversation and i gotta say sarah for a show in the 90s, I really appreciated CJ's response to Jack where because uh, Jack's like they obviously asked him or mentioned that he might be gay and Jack says, sorry. And CJ says, I'm not offended. I'm just not gay, which yeah. like is OK, maybe a very small thing like in modern 2023 TV viewing. But mm -hmm. like in the 90s, I feel like every storyline you get where like someone was assumed to be gay, they're like very offended that you could ever think they were gay. It's because this man goes to therapy yeah he's confident he does he's, he's okay with and his, uh, he's sexuality actively... and his masculinity <laughs> yeah exactly and he actively counsels others so you know he comes back with a uh humanistic response so yeah we love that for him yeah uh so but the only so jack says oh i know someone who'll be really glad to hear that and cj says who and jack's like oh okay uh jen <laughs> like i love how he calls cj a little dense <laughs> like, that's one of like jack is like my low-key my favorite character in this episode i feel like just like all of jack's bits he, yes it's a great but then like ooh, a little dense okay <laughs> <laughs> do i really have to spell this out for you uh, so he's like, Jen, uh, and like, are you interested? And basically CJ goes, no, she's not my type. Yeah. I think the first thing they said, like Jack's like Jen and, and CJ shrugs us. Oh, that's nice to hear. That's I'm nice like, to hear. Yeah. But Jack is Jack is able to pick up on the cues, right? He's like, "Oh, so you're not interested?" And CJ's like, "Oh, you know, I'm not. That's not what I'm looking for. She's not my type." If you say um, that's nice to hear after I say like, "Oh, so and so has feelings for you," I would just be done with this conversation. It's like saying that sex with someone was fine or was whatever fine. the hell Joey says. Yeah. Like that's the biggest insult in the world. Like, oh, I love you. 
Thank you. Thanks. Fuck off! <laughs> no! Um, so back at the movie theater, uh, finally, Joey finds uh, stupid Harley. And uh, Joey's like, can you give us a minute? Um, and so she's like, she has this whole like very preachy, like, oh, I know you're pissed at your dad because he's flakes on you. It doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad dad. And of course, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. And Todd, I really enjoyed Harley just being like, nah, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is. I appreciate that she recognized that. It's just like, why do you even like him? It's like, he's no redeeming qualities. Like, it's it's horrible for the daughter to have these thoughts with her dad. But also, where's the lie? Where mm -hmm. is the lie in what Harley is saying here? And Joey tries to defend them. And then she's got nothing. She's no, because you can't defend nothing. this guy. He's a dick. And Joey has, like, a lot of experience with an absentee parent. However, I would say from what we saw about Mr. Pot dot dot er, at the very least, he seemed to want to be involved in his kids' lives versus Professor Heston, who doesn't really seem to give mm. bizarre the time of day. Granted, very, like, small snippets of data to, for us to really assess. But well, what we know about Heston is he fucking sucks. <laughs> Well, Mr. Patata-er is out, uh, you know, at large. Oh, yeah, we don't know where streets. he is now. Yeah, And he's not making contact with Joey or Bessie or yeah. BB Alexander. Who's out in the cold. Um, back at the party, uh, Dawson is walking around. He sees the woman again. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid uh and when he and so she goes into the set bedroom so he follows her in there and of course that's where he sees todd and natasha um making out and todd says oh this isn't what it looks like and dawson says you guys aren't screwing behind my back and i'm like behind your back my guy you don't own natasha no and it's not behind your back because you literally saw them in front of you the whole time so now they did lie to him so i guess that could be the behind the back he he asked yes. are you together I, and yes yes, yes, yeah. yes that's true so, that's true so it in that like wanna, very literal if we way give him credit todd yeah no I, that's, that's <laughs> which i don't wanna that's <laughs> the <laughs> meager the meager defense i'm going to give to dawson because everything else in this scene just like no no dawson no but that's the, the meager thing like okay yeah, yeah. maybe they, they lied to him so maybe that's a little thing that is a little weird but still, why do you care? Yeah. And so Todd like says like, oh no, we are screwing. And Dawson tells him to shut up. And Todd says, you can't tell me to shut up. And Dawson says, what are you going to do? Fire me? You've tried that before. It didn't take. Uh, he apologizes to Natasha for hurting her. It was the last thing he wanted to have happen. I don't believe you, Dawson. Uh, I got involved in the middle of an incredibly complicated situation. And I made a choice without thinking it was the wrong choice blah 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 i like you i keep on saying that i'm not jealous but i am i'm very jealous the thought of some other guy touching you especially him <laughs> which is very funny uh but this is dawson quits and i'm like sarah dawson is a fucking idiot yeah he has, a great so career. he has it so good yeah you're never gonna find a job like this ever again like, Todd, nobody besides todd is gonna take you seriously that's what i'm saying todd respects him todd listens as much as todd is a fucking idiot and an asshole and a complete dick he does listen to dawson like he's a terrible okay let me put it this way todd is a shitty human being 
but he seems to be a decent boss in that he listens to Dawson. He takes Dawson's suggestions seriously. He actually respects him. He's, I feel like he is propping Dawson up in a way that another director simply would not do Todd. Like it really does feel like he is actually giving Dawson an opportunity and Dawson is like squandering it right now. Yeah, I feel like Dawson is, is so lucky in this position. And I think he doesn't recognize his privilege in this moment about, I think Dawson, oh yeah, of course this is why, if I get a job a assisting a director, of course they're going to listen to everything I say because I am the genius Dawson Leary. And I I can quit this, I can get another job, and it'll be just the same. Like, no, no, probably not. Probably not, Dawson. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is such an overreaction on his part. Again, to the girl that he dumped hooking up with someone that he doesn't care for. It's, yeah. it's none of your, like like she told him earlier, it's none of his business. It's none of his business of their relationship. Yeah, it may have been nice that they actually had just answered, oh yeah, no, we're together. We, you know, we should let you know we're together, whatever. But it's really none of his business and he has no right to be this upset whenever he's the one that broke it off and, you know, kind of like broke her heart. So now what, you see her with someone else and now you get, you know, all, all possessive. Dawson, give me a break. Yeah, it's Dawson. What Not are the you best doing? thing from Dawson. What are you guys no. saying? You know? Yeah. He, so he gets all like big man-ish, you know? Yeah. So he uh he's about to leave the party. Um, and this is when he sees the woman on the catwalk again. So he runs up, and of course, at this point, she rips off the costume and it's actually Natasha. And we find out the whole thing was an elaborate prank of on uh between Natasha and Todd on Dawson. Wow, you really got me. I never expected this. This is incredible. And they kind of just <laughs> laugh at him. And then Todd's like, you didn't really quit, right? Because I need you to do my storyboards. And Dawson's <laughs> like, yeah, no problem. I'll be there. And everybody looks like an ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody looks, looks what happens. No, that's like the recap of most of Dawson's Creek is that everyone <laughs> looks like an asshat. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So we got that. And then, uh, you know, Dawson's all hopeful, but they do leave together because I guess they have to edit the footage to make a movie about how stupid Dawson is, which, you know, we'll take it. Yeah. I'll see that movie. I'll pay good money for that. I <laughs> I feel like that's Dawson's Creek in general is the movie about how stupid uh, Dawson is. <laughs> is so I, that's the whole point. I did appreciate that Dawson didn't get upset about the prank. Yeah. I did appreciate that once he realized it was all a prank on the yes. ultimate famous prankster that he was like, ah, good, good. The, you know, the, you know, the students become the master now. You, you, have gotten, you know, stupid. He's, he's like, I tip my cap to you for being able to get me the great prank master Leary. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's never even done a prank i know it's so stupid it's so uh, stupid but I, I did like that he laughed he laughed about it i did it. i appreciate yeah. that he like realized oh they got me and he didn't get all offended and storm off and then had to be talked down about i did appreciate the fact that in this moment he realized kind of what an ass he was being to a certain degree and it's like yeah no i didn't really quit yeah okay you know and laughed about it i appreciate that that was like the the minor redeeming thing for Dawson in this episode for me was him like not getting all all hurt because they did to him what he always says that he loves to do to other people. Yeah. So then we're back at the party. 
um, and we have Jen and CJ chatting, and this should be like, oh, Jen, there are so many red flags. It's fine. Uh, Jen says, we didn't get to much of a chance to talk tonight, which like, if he didn't even hang out with you at all, I feel like that's such a bad sign. Very bad sign. Very yes. bad sign. If he wanted to, he would be with you the entire time. That's what time. I'm saying. And yep. so he says like, oh, like maybe you should call the helpline again. And she's like, oh, maybe, maybe I was too judgmental the first time around. And again, another red flag is when CJ says, we'd love to have you make sure you're doing it for the uh, very bachelor of him for the right reasons. And she <laughs> says, oh, are there any other reasons? And he says, I don't know. And so she says, you could save me a lot of trouble by just going out with me. And then like, we cut away from that scene. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I want to I wanna know what the answer. reaction to that was because oh. that's uh... Very important to see if he's also uh, in the ass hat camp or not. Yeah. Uh, that face is like, oh, that's nice to hear you want to go out with me. I think that's probably his reaction. Oh, thank you. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we cut to Jack and David, whereas CJ and Jen are not a love story. Um, it is really nice to see, like, so Jack is saying to David, like, oh, this is, like, really sad. I'm going to be the one that has to, like, tell Jen that he's, like, not into her. Um, but Jack asks out David, who is age appropriate yes <laughs> cute and, and all cute very cute available mm -hmm. and also seemingly out like he this is yeah. not he is not and i'm not that i'm not trying to say like you can't date someone who isn't out but like i feel like they're on the same level at the very least whereas jack has never been on the same level with another guy that he's been romantically interested in yes i'm very excited for jack this was a great episode for jack yeah i'm very 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 excited about this uh potential love match they I'm better fucking excited. they better give us something sarah i've had it i have fucking <laughs> had it. yeah we definitely definitely need so what's his name david 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 is wearing a shirt that says david. i'm a bully repeatedly so i'm a little concerned <laughs> maybe it's um, maybe it's ironic mm, he might it's, be a bully. It's, his, it's his halloween costume he he knew his costume party so he came in a bully t-shirt uh, cj's <laughs> just the, <laughs> the only one who didn't realize it was a costume party yeah so he's like no 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 i'm not a bully i'm playing a bully for halloween got it uh so the couples or the friendship split and Jack is left with Jen and he has this dilemma of do I tell Jen that she got majorly friend zoned or not? But, but uh, Jen's so excited about potentially being with him. She's like, oh, he's playing hard to get. What would you do in this situation? Would you tell your friend that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is my one ding on Jack this episode that he knows like it's not like he suspects because if you just suspect then whatever. But CJ like flat out said, "Oh yeah, I'm not looking for that," and also she's not my type. I mean, do CJ, you think like, he just doesn't want to do it that night? Like, is it that? Maybe. Well, well, I guess you can see like next episode if he like tells her yeah but... i kind of i want to give jack like a teeny tiny benefit of the doubt and say maybe he'll say it next episode where it's like the next day or something i just i'm like it's late at night she's so excited is it like is it awful to like 
try, I don't know if I'm, I would still tell her right away yeah. if I'm, if I'm Jack, but. Yeah, because well, that's why she sent him over there kind of like to, to, to scout yeah. things out. Like he's supposed to be Ooh. scouting out CJ and everything. Yeah. So I feel like he, he kind of is like, the fact that he hadn't already told her by this point, like the fact that they wait until this point and they got, I think they should like gotten the other immediately him going, yeah, so good news, bad news, which you want to hear first. Good uh, news, he's not gay. Bad, bad news. Yeah. Uh, that's not the reason he doesn't want to date you. Uh, yeah, you need a good news sandwich. Good news, he's not gay. Bad news, he doesn't like you. Good news, I have a date, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jen would be very happy for Jack. Yeah, but yeah. also, can we just talk about how we just talked about this last podcast, Sarah? The show hates Jen. Further proof, they hate her. Yeah. Um. What if Jack is waiting for his date with David to get the full picture information? Because David said, like, oh, Jen's better off. And Jack's like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, why don't I tell you over a cup of coffee? And is that a possibility? Maybe I, Jack is waiting to hear, like, the full information. Like, maybe David's about to break some major information about CJ, about, like, how CJ is, I don't know, sells, um, like, tests on the sidelines <laughs> you know underneath just, the bleachers i just feel like he should have said that with the information of like okay cj's not interested and also you probably shouldn't want to date him anyway because david said xyz about him but like i feel like that's what a david good... said xyz he doesn't know but david just that's my no point. but i know but he knows enough to be like i don't know he said you were better off so like that's probably a bad sign anyway i feel like that's a good way to like let her down gently it's like listen you're better off anyway sure i agree with uh, you i think that he should have said something right away but i'm just saying like well, you know maybe we'll find out next episode yeah we can we can you know maybe maybe it'll be next episode and we don't we'll, have to be we'll so we'll harsh on Jack. yeah um, but yeah, back at Hell's Kitchen, um, pr Professor comes to pick up his daughter and, uh, Joey says like, oh, she was a perfect angel. So this is when she like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was such an uber bitch. It's like, all right, girl, whatever. Um, so Joey gives her, or sorry, Harley gives her advice. She's Eddie totally likes you. I hope a guy like him looks at me that way someday. Don't mess it up. And this is when Eddie comes back with a root beer float. And I'm here to say root beer floats are fucking disgusting. And I don't like them. Hmm. What about a Coke float? Um, yeah. I, I, you know what? You know, it's really good. Like hmm. orange soda and like vanilla ice cream, like a creamsicle. Mm. Okay. So you don't have a problem with soda and ice cream. You have a problem with root beer. Root beer is fucking disgusting. Got it. Okay. It tastes have like you ever had weird medicine? It's like minty. I hate it. Mm. Have you ever had uh there's this uh coffee espresso with ice cream that is delicious? That sounds good. I would do yeah, that. you like pour the um coffee on the ice cream. It's okay, so I would do that. It's uh so, Todd, so good. where do you stand on a root beer float? Uh, it's not my favorite thing. I do like root beer, but in small doses, like every once in a while, I just will get like a craving for root beer, but it's one of those things mm -hmm. that I will drink it and then, like, okay, I'm good for like another six months. I don't need to have another root beer. Yeah. Uh, just floats in here because I, uh, Coke float I enjoy, but I, I don't know. I like my ice cream and my drink separate. Uh, I'm not That's a big float, float person. That's very yeah. fair. 
Um, so Eddie comes back with the root beer flow. And I, I did like, see, this is the type of thing I do like from Eddie is when he says like, oh, do you want to split this? It's a shame to see it go to waste. Like my potential, like it's, it's a very, very tiny, oh, very like, snarky. Moment. I like that. Yes. That was witty. I, I liked that banter. The bands. Yes. Good band. Good band. Um, so, uh, we, so right. So they sit down and Joey is actually direct about something for once in her fucking life. When she says, oh, so what's going on with us? Uh, I kiss you. You kiss me. I, I don't like how she immediately dates a goat jumps to like, oh, that could be construed as dating. And I'm Eddie. I'm like, you're not dating. Like, wait, since when are you dating, Joey? Like, kissing does not equal dating. Um, but Eddie does say like, oh, I'm not going back to class. Uh, she says, you are who you are. I have no desire to change that. And Eddie says, you know what? I don't know what's going on with us, but I kind of like it that way. And Joey says, me too. And I say. Since fucking when does Joey like not knowing what's going on? Growth, Jessica. She's going through some growth here. Oh, yeah, growth. right. Or she's just lying through her teeth. Uh, one or the other. Ugh, I don't know. I just, she's like, I don't know. But they have this like cute little smile. Again, I can't. Oliver Hudson is too cute. I need to stop. It's too much. <laughs> I can't. I can't hold it. <laughs> Something about his face. <laughs> um, so uh then we're oh sarah we're at the audrey and pacey breakup scene okay this is important i have to focus <laughs> okay what? you weren't focusing until an hour 47 into the podcast okay so like the truth is i just opened up instagram and i i came across this post by joshua jackson <laughs> and he has like a a, a varied ver- variety or ver- variety yeah variety the news publication the magazine yeah okay. uh, he had an interview and it just says joshua joshua jackson has no problem talking about sex great and yeah. i got okay. distracted okay but don't read it because there could be okay. spoilers no 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 i'm not the only okay. thing i do want to point out is that his gorgeous wife jody likes watching his sex scenes oh. in movies because oh is that get her in the mood it gets her in the mood saucy we love a confident woman who isn't afraid of watching her husband have sex with others yeah yeah so i'll I'll put it down i'll put down the article but i'm very intrigued by that okay so let's focus let's focus so yeah audrey's outside sitting on a car (laughs) and she's looking so good i love this look from her and like it is kind of realistic because the lip is a little smudgy which would happen throughout the course of the night Yes. So she is like in a mood and like he comes out and she's like, oh, hey, like there you are. I've been looking for you. And she is noticeably in a mood and she's just like, I think we should break up. And he's like, what? And she's like, I'm done. I'm done with the relationship. And he's like, you know, trying to like almost fight it but like not really he's, he's like let's he's just mostly like, just like let's talk about let's it talk about in the morning and she's like no i am so he doesn't get upset or start crying or do all the things that you would expect a boyfriend to do when he's trying to fight for the love of her life and she's just like you know this is how i know it's over and he i don't know and then he I, like starts doing his thing like oh like 
you know, I, I, you know, it's not the way I wanted this to happen. And she's like, no, like you do not. Oh, I'd love, hold on. First she says, just shut up. Okay. She like yells at him. And then like, this is where, when I watched this the first time I like perked up and I was like, oh, so this is the way it's going to be. And I am here for it. And I'm here for the drama. And she's just like, you don't get to be the hero here. You don't get to be the martyr. You are going to just do your good guy, hero, pacey thing like you do all the fucking time. And I am just like over it. And I just like, ooh, it is, it's juicy, this fight. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense where she's just like, you're getting off easy and you know it. Yeah. Like, you're trying to put up some false protest because you want to feel better about yourself, but I'm Mm -hmm. the one who's ending it. Um, and, uh, she says, you know what? You don't have the energy to fight it. And I deserve better than that. And Pacey says, you know what? You do deserve better than that. And I loved Audrey, like shutting him down. Like, oh, you're following, you're following a script. Like you're going to say all those things that everyone says, like, oh, you deserve better. I'm not good enough for you. And also don't forget her best friend is Joey who used to date Pacey yeah. probably has heard the story yep. of their breakup and like Andy's breakup. And it's like, she probably knows like everything that he's about to say. And she's yeah. like, I, I don't give me the script. I, I know this game that you're going to play. And he's just like, you know what? Like I, you know, I am so sick of the negativity. I'm just like done with all of this. Like, you know, it gets to me too. And she goes, don't you dare try to make yourself feel noble, Pacey. You are not some knight in shining armor, which I think is like such a, like an, a, a good dig because like that's how he views himself. But anyway, and he goes and she's like, you're just a guy who's grown tired of screwing the same girl um, and you feel guilty about it. And then he like kind of, and he was like, she says, oh, 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 you think that sucks? And this is the line that fucking murdered me. Oh, so it murdered me, Todd. It murdered me. She goes, why don't you try being the one who has to wonder why all the people that she loves don't love her back? And this is when I literally started crying. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's like the one line from this whole thing that I wrote down. The, you know, why don't you try being the one who wonders why all the people she loves never loves her back? Because it's just like, it's like Audrey's like problems in a nutshell. It like she is summing up why she is like so hurt and so defensive about all this because she feels like everyone leaves her, that she gives them their affections and they just like break her heart every time. And so she's finally playing the ripcord first here. Uh, and I just, my, my big thing of this whole thing is like, Pacey's gonna be going, what caused all of this? Because he has no idea she overheard him. So I know. For, for him, it has to be kind of, you know, coming out of the blue to a certain degree. So him like going through the script and everything is like understandable because he's like, wait, why? But again, I think she's fought on that. He's not fighting hard. It's not no. like whenever the last episode I was on, which is also a really bad Pacey Audrey episode, whenever she caught him like, you know, making out with his boss. You know, he did, like, fight and run after her and everything. And this time, it's just kind of like a, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, he doesn't really say anything. He's like, like the very minor protest. Oh, that's, that's a good point, too, because, like, they've already kind of broken up. So, like, ish. So, you're right. Like, they've experienced this before. It's the same script. Um, Jess, like, this murdered me. It really did. I 
understand why, right? Like, you relate a lot to Audrey, and, like, this is, it's really tough. It makes me want to cry. I just think about it, and I just cry. Well, because it's it's, it's a very real, it is, okay, it's refreshing because in six seasons of Dawson's Creek, we still are getting a chance to, like, have a character who has a different reaction and a different history and a different past, and having a character like Audrey who is very sunny and brought so much life to the show in the beginning of season six and like is very a vibrant person in general. It really sucks to hear that she feels this way and that we know her history with her parents. She doesn't have a great relationship with them. Her mom just completely criticizes every decision she makes and critiques everything and never has fully accepted Audrey for who she is. And Audrey, we know her past like dating life too. Like Mm -hmm. people assume that she just wants to sleep around and stuff, but she actually is like a monogamous person who gives her full heart and her full everything to her relationships. And when it's not reciprocated, she's just completely let down. Yeah. And, and I feel like she blamed trying like even with Joey, like even though they're good friends now, like she was the one that was like, Oh, she's always the one who's I trying would... to put in the effort. Yeah. She's like, I exactly. Like she was the one that was like trying really, really, really hard to get, uh, Joey to open Joey up to, to her. like her. Yeah. And like, it took so much, it took so much effort. And like, that's just like how, Oh my God. Oh my God. This like it just like makes me so sad because like I just like I just like see myself in her and she's like you know you have to like she really has to like put in so much effort to make people just give her the time of day and then like she Mm -hmm. loves with her whole heart and then they don't love her as much as she loves I just like see my younger self in her yeah and it's sad And it's one of those things, too, where I also think people don't take her seriously a lot of the time as well. And so they don't treat her like a serious person. And I feel like she now thinks that Pacey doesn't take her very seriously because she is not at the same stage of her life that he is in with, like, the job and, like, the fact that she's not really doing well in her classes. Like, she's going through something right now. And instead of, like, recognizing that and, like, in her mind, instead of him recognizing that and trying to help. She just sees it as, like, he's so focused on his job that he doesn't have time for me anymore. Like, it's almost like, oh, your job is now taking the place of me in your life in terms of priorities. And so it really sucks that, like, I think the other thing that really sucks for me here is that we've seen Jen kind of reach out to Audrey, right? Like, last episode when she's going on stage and wanting to talk about what happened at the party. Like, we're not seeing Joey and Audrey together at all this season which i really dislike because that was something that we really enjoyed sarah like as someone who has said like oh joey never has good female friendships it's really disappointing we really loved audrey and and joey getting along and being friends and so it sucks that we haven't had that because i feel like while joey isn't necessarily always the best friend and like isn't always a great sympathetic shoulder to cry on I do think she could have helped Audrey through some of this. Yeah, another and- person in her life that she relies on that pulls away from her. That mm-hmm. I mean, I always say, like, I really do think that your 20s is, like, a really hard time in your life. And I really don't think that people give that enough space or consideration. Because everybody in their 20s, they're trying to figure out their career, their love life, where they're going to go, what they're going to do. Everyone is inherently selfish 
but also everyone's going through this big life change and trying to find their place in the world. Yeah. But you aren't, you don't get the same, you don't get support from the people who are around you because they're going through the same exact thing. So it's really, really, really hard to have like genuine friendships in your early mid twenties when you're just like leaving school and all that, because everybody's just trying to figure out life themselves. And but that's also like when you need the most support and the most care when like you're feeling lost in the world. So I just give like so much space for people in their twenties. And I mm. really, I just don't hear enough of that. It's a hard, hard decade. It's really hard to navigate. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough. Pacey does say, Oh, Audrey, come on. And she just slaps him. She's like really, really upset. And that seems to be, kind of the end of oh, things. Oh, yeah, this was a little naughty. You, yeah, you I don't hit. like when people slap I've, people. I've never, beside my sister, I've never hit somebody. <laughs> well, mm, I've never hit a significant other in a fight. <laughs> I love you immediately pulling back on that statement. Mm, yeah, I've never hit a significant other in a fight. Okay, That is a true statement. No, That's my either. statement. Um, what time I kicked a boyfriend in a spot that you shouldn't kick a boyfriend but oh. like, oh, that's so bad i know why would you do such a in thing in my defense he kind of deserved it but yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> jessica i know <laughs> i would never do it now again i was like 19 so there you go mistakes were made um so anyway, so we're back at the film set. This is so silly. So Natasha like approaches Dawson and he admits that he was jealous. Oh, I didn't realize how much I wanted to be with you until I thought you were sleeping with Todd. Nah. He admits to liking her and she says, good, I like you too. A lot of people walk in and out of my life, Dawson, and you might not believe what I'm about to say because I'm an actor and I lie for a living, but you're one of the only people I ever really wanted to stick around. This is where I get a bit of like, okay, this is a bit too schmoopy for me. Like, I just, you know, we don't need to be all like, like, no, you could just like, just be like, yeah, let's date, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's date. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, so they start making out uh and uh they have the line from the film are you sure you want to do this as sure as everything anything i've ever been about in my entire life groovy and this is when we see like the axe man come in and that's the end of the episode yeah i liked it i think that this okay number one like it's the the one halloween episode that did was not 100 nonsense like we actually got we it was like we actually got plot and we actually got some like horror elements, so I I'm I'm happy with it. You know, there's like a little kinks. You know, we're not in prime Dawson's Creek territory. No, that this is, is no that is long three. since over. Yeah, yeah, this is no season three, so we appreciate what we get. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, that's our that's our episode. Todd, any final thoughts on the episode before we get into some feedback? Uh, yeah, I think it was like a, a really good episode. I think it's probably my favorite of the three episodes that I've covered. Yay! Uh, for the show, uh, not just because it's Halloween themed, because the Halloween theme was like a, just a small thing. It was like the the big focus. As I mean, for Dawson storyline a little bit, but the other Halloween episodes of Dawson would be like much more Halloween forward, for like all the storylines. Yeah, like, like you mentioned. But I think it was uh, like 
the Dawson getting pranked and getting dunked on. Always a fan of that. I think there was like a really fun uh, storyline with Jack. Uh, I was annoyed by Harley. I was annoyed by Jin's bad reads. I mean, there's some things that kind of like, uh roll my eyes at but i think it was all done in an entertaining way it was a way like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i was annoyed at harley but i was supposed to be annoyed at harley i i don't know i think that this was a, the most entertaining of the three episodes i've been on for so i'm really glad that i got a chance to talk about an episode that i actually enjoyed more than not uh this time um let's get into some feedback we did get a voicemail from dbk what up though ladies okay We'll get through the little stuff first. First, why is Joey watching this kid for the teacher? Like, why? Secondly, during the whole, like, Dawson thing, is he on, like, drugs or drunk at least? Because, like, I don't get why, like, (laughs) he can't, like, clearly see this girl at the party. I know it's, like, for effect for the show, but, like, I wish that, like, he was at least a little bit drunk or whatever. And also, I didn't get how, like, the room was empty when he saw uh, Todd and Natasha making out, and then suddenly it was full of people. Like, how did they do that? But the main thing I wanted to focus on this episode is uh, Audrey and Pacey breaking up, but more his conversation with Emma where uh, he starts by saying he thought Audrey was the perfect fit. Like, none of us believe that, right? Like, I like Audrey and Pacey together, but, like, I always believe, like, Andy's his perfect fit, and you guys think it's Joey. But here's what he said to Emma. He said, the first time wasn't equal footing, no mind games, no high drama, and no angst. So that, that those were like his complaints of like his previous relationship. So the equal footing thing I originally thought was Andy because she's like rich, right? And Pacey's not rich. But then I, the more I thought about it, that's like Miss Jacobs, right? And then the no mind games is maybe Andy. Like, I don't think that way about her, but like, and then the no high drama, no angst is Joey, right? Or is all three of that Joey and the first one is Andy. And then I was just curious, why is Pacey getting off late at the end when Audrey breaks up with him? Because like, she just wants to be the breaker upper, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Anyways, till next week. Peace. You have to leave before you get left. Yeah, so to to answer the other question, I think the the equal footing to me was Joey because the reason he broke up with her was because he's like, you're so much better than me. You're going off to like a really fancy school and like I'm not at your level. Um, the high drama honestly also could be Joey because of all the Dawson stuff. To be honest, I took it as all of it being about Joey. It kind of felt that way, right? Like I can't imagine him referencing Miss Jacobs at this point. I think that's all about Joey. And yeah. I think that that's uh, his narrative. What do you think, Todd? No, I agree. I, I don't think any other relationship is on Pacey's mind right now other than Joey's. Yeah. Yep. And then to answer the question about um, why Audrey is saying that he's getting off easy, it's definitely like she's not... F- the reason he's getting off easy is because he's not forced to break up. Like yeah. he's the one who's getting broken up with. So he's yeah. just... He doesn't passive. have to look like the bad guy. Exactly. It's very passive. He doesn't have to do anything. He just gets off scot-free not having to do anything right because otherwise like he was gonna have to make the moves to have a talk with her and like feel like the bad guy and try to explain himself but do you think it's easier to be the one broken up with or the one doing the breaking up jessica we i don't know i've only been broken up with (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. So sorry, I feel like we've had this conversation. Before. And you never it. broken up with somebody. No, I mean, I'm you've the opposite. Never been yeah. broken up with. That's not yeah. Opposite. So you've we both have opposite ends of the spectrum. So I don't, don't. I don't know. I would. I mean, I would have to assume that breaking up is the easier than being broken up with, just because you have agency. That's and fair. You're the one, you're the one doing fair. it, and yeah, it might be difficult because you don't want to hurt the other person. That could be a thing. But if you're the person getting hurt, then yeah, I think it's going to be more difficult to be the one getting dumped. Uh, right, fine, most of the time. Todd. I've had it very easy. Fine. <laughs> I'm um, not saying it's easy. <laughs> no, it was. It was. It wasn't that difficult sometimes. Um. So <laughs> we also heard from DBK, uh, and apparently, so Todd, it's very funny that you brought up Natasha, the actress who plays Natasha. Because apparently, so DBK is like, I kept seeing her and I was like, how do I know her? Well, apparently she was on the show Rules of Engagement, where she oh. is the fiance of Oliver Hudson's character. Oh. So that's very, very funny. So in another world, Joey and Dawson drove these two together. <laughs> wow. I thought that was a really, really funny little uh, comment there. Um and then um apparently so we'll have to check out for next week sarah we got a message from lee saying apparently joshua jackson was on jimmy fallon so i'll have to watch that just in case it does contain uh, any spoilers joshua jackson's been making the rounds this week because he was also on watch what happens live is he on Andy something Cohen. like yeah more, it's coming up fatal attraction there's a new tv series oh, based on fatal attraction yes uh, where yes, he has yes. a really a really horrible haircut uh from what i've oh, seen that's the pictures uh so yeah, we're used uh, to seeing that. So yeah, very true. Uh, but yeah, you know his, the Fatal Attraction series with him as like the guy who's like cheating on his okay wife, the secretary who then goes uh, off the deep end and starts talking. It's based on the movie from the eighties. Okay, oh. so well, I'll have to oh, Sarah. I'll watch that just in, and I'll let you know if it's safe to watch, just in case you never know. Yeah. It might have spoilers. Mm -hmm. Um, so we also heard from Joy. Uh, I, to say, I think it's fascinating that while Dawson had no problem ending whatever he had with Natasha after sleeping with Joey, now all of a sudden, because her and Todd are possibly hooking up, he thinks he made a mistake and is jealous, and he now he wants to pursue a relationship with her again? I mean, okay. I do love that they were messing with him the whole time. Um, and, uh, she, okay, so she has a little bit of, um, support of Pacey here. She says, Pacey dressing up in a costume is proof he's putting in effort with Audrey. He's not a costume person. He's certainly not a matching costume person. Plus, we know that for whatever reason, Audrey sees Sid and Nancy as a great and romantic couple. So it's really kind of sweet that he did that. And maybe a party isn't the best place to bring up what's going on with her, but he is showing concern. Um, and she admits what we've already suspected. Audrey's depressed and spiraling. And as for what she overhears, I feel like the show is telling us, oh, isn't Pacey just terrible for saying those things? I don't think he is. It sucks Audrey heard him, but that's rough and my heart goes out to her. But if we look at the serious relationships Pacey has had, then I use that term loosely for the Miss Jacobs situation. <laughs> None of them ended because he fell out of love with them. Miss Jacobs had to leave town. Andy cheated on him and he became a shell of his former self with Joey. In all those situations, his feelings were still there when they ended. He's a 19-year-old kid who's contemplating a different relationship than one he's used to. Sometimes relationships aren't going to be a great love. And she put that in quotes. They work for a time and then circumstances change and they don't work anymore. Pacey doesn't have a reference point for that outcome yet. So I feel for Audrey and I understand that she's hurt and angry and lashing out at Pacey. But then after she breaks up with him, she hits him. And as the only one, only one on the show that we know for a fact has been hit by his father, I find it appalling that the writers had her be physically violent to Pacey knowing he has been abused that way before that. I really love what Joy had to say there. Cause I do agree with honestly, most of what 
she's saying that like sometimes relationships have like an expiration date and that's yeah. just the way life goes and no one is yeah. truly at fault for it yeah and i think it's a good point to show like you know for pacey that's probably very much triggering for him to also be um have somebody be violent towards him and that's mm -hmm. sad for pacey too yeah um she also says she calls uh eddie diet pacey she's some of their <laughs> moments are cute but she doesn't like diet pacey i don't know that I, I mean they have this quippiness back and forth that like her and pacey did but they also feel quite different in that Pacey was never interested in school or education, really. Like, they're more really... intellectually on the same foot footing. I mean, yeah. like, Pacey's street smart. Exactly. He, But he's not someone who ever Looks was smart. really, like, into studying. Yeah. But, he's... but I think oh. the idea of, like, you know, not living up to his potential. Because I think Pacey's someone who, if he oh, applied himself, yeah. he could have. Like, Pacey's street smart just because he That's never fair. cared to apply himself. But the Very whole idea true. of, like... Joey being into this guy who has all this potential he's not living up to, and she can try and help him live up to the potential. Oh, that's just I think, right. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of, of that's that. That's a really good could, point. Yeah, I could. I hadn't thought of it before, but Is that man. way I like him. I think it's just his face. <laughs> oh my gosh, you um, are smitten. I know. It's the Riz. I it. Um, it's the Riz. Uh, and the other Joey does have a question for us. Um, she wants to know our, this is, so this is the last of our Halloween-esque episodes. What are our rankings? So we, so she says her rankings. So this will give us, we all know what Sarah's going to rate first. Uh, her rankings are favorite to least favorite season three ep escape from which Island. <gasps> oh my gosh. The best episode <laughs> <laughs> season two full moon rising. That's the, you remember that one. That's the one where Jack and Joey kiss. And there's like a, Oh, there's like a whole spooky aspect to that. Season one, The Scare, which is the one with, like, the serial killer, I think. That right? one was actually scary. Um, season four, The Unusual Suspects, which I don't I don't remember liking that one at all. Um, season five, Four Scary Stories, which is the one where Joey does that wild-ass kick to that guy in the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, this one, season six, Living Dead Girl. All right. So, number one definitely has to be Witch Island. Obviously obviously i think i would probably also agree with um with joy and put full moon rising second i feel like i one. like living dead girl i would maybe put that second for me okay i would put living dead girl third um the then the scare, other ones I mean, are like the scare we were like what the fuck but also it was the only one that was scary i think i would agree with the rest of her rankings of like the scare then the unusual suspects and then four scary stories because four scary stories was fucking stupid and I laughed very hard. Not because you're supposed to. You laughed at how dumb it was. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big laugh at that kick. Todd, weigh in here. What do you what do you think? Well, well, first of all, I don't was unusual suspects a Halloween episode? That's the one that I was on for. That was like the, oh. the prank, right? And that Well, like, maybe it, that's it, why she put it in there because of the prank. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because I, I'm looking. It aired oh, that's in the boat prank, right? Yeah. I hated that because that poor dog. Oh yeah, we do not like <laughs> that because right. of the dog. Yeah, that one sucks. That's last, but that I, last. I, but I, it's not really Halloweeny, and it came out like at the end of November as well. Because I was looking oh. and because I'm trying to find, I don't know if that season really had. A so maybe that maybe episode. she was just trying to find a Halloween one to like fit for each season. 
Yeah, because I because I'm looking at when these aired like on on the Dawson Wiki, and I don't really see anything that really feels like an actual Halloween episode from that time. Yeah. And I don't remember there being anything Halloweeny in the Unusual Suspects because you know I would have jumped all over anything Halloweeny on the episode I was on for. So outside of the prank aspect of all, yeah, um, it's been a long time since so I've watched any of these. Uh, so this one. It's like going to be kind of top of my list just because it's the most recent one. But I remember really, actually, I liked the season one episode in theory, but I also hated Dawson something being this big horror fan with a uh, all this yeah. prank stuff because we never saw Such a prank anything. There was never reference before that episode. It never really got referenced after the episode until like the next time they need to be referenced. It just felt like a very Kevin Williamson wrote Scream and he's a big horror movie guy. And so, you know. Yeah. And Dawson we, is supposed to be like him, right? Like that's the whole premise, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think this one is probably top of my list from the ones I remember. But I just have. But which islands, Todd? Which island is iconic? We'll never stop it, shouting about which I know the most horrifying episode of Dawson's Creek. Is it the Joey episode? Yeah, Downtown Crossing. That one fucking sucks. I hate, I yeah. can't even think about that episode without getting angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all the feedback we have. If you want to send in feedback, of course you could do so. Shit90spod.com or shit90spod at gmail.com. If you want to send us in an email, you could leave us a voicemail. We love getting voicemails as well. Um, but thank you everyone for sending in feedback. Todd, thank you for coming on. Always a joy to get to talk to you. Oh, I forgot too. Sarah, do you want to hear what next week's episode's title is? It's actually yes. a good one, which probably means the episode's going to suck, but that's okay. Okay. Ego tripping at the gates of hell. What, what are we doing? That's a that's a that's a lot of words. I that's know. A, Ego tripping at the gates of hell. That's a great um, title. That is a great title. Yeah. So that's really exciting. Um, so that'll be next week. Uh Todd, what do you have going on? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. You can find me every week over on One Indescribable Podcast where Adam H. T. Lindy and I are covering Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. We just finished up our season one coverage. We're getting ready to do a little bonus episode where we cover the pilot episode of So Help Me Todd, a little Skylar Aston connection mm-hmm. there. And then we'll be going on to our Zoe's coverage. You can find more about that podcast at 16G Podcast. And also over on Post Show Recaps, I am currently podcasting about Schmigadoon season two with Adam H. It's been lots of fun to talk about. I love the show. If you like musical stuff, I think it's a lot of fun, but the cast is just amazing. And we're almost done because it's only six episodes. I'm very sad that it's only six episodes because I want to go on and on Mm -hmm. and on. I'm surprised that it's only six. Like, I mean, I'm I love a short season of a show, but like I was like, whoa, that feels very short. Yeah, I don't know. So the first season was supposed to be eight episodes and they wrote it to be eight episodes. And that was like, no, we're going to cut you back to six episodes. They had to kind of like cram a whole bunch of stuff. So the first season was a little unevenness because they didn't realize it was only going to be six episodes. At least this season, they knew going in only six episodes. So they're able to write towards that structure. But yeah, I would love eight episodes. I love 10 episodes. I would love even more because it is a delight to watch and then talk about every week. Amazing. Sarah, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me here uh, next month. We are having a really exciting theme for bonus content. It's going to be May because it's going to be May. <laughs> um, but also what we're doing is musical based movies. Yeah. Mus- music surrounding movies. Yeah, they're not necessarily musicals. May. but No, not musicals, but you know. 
music yeah. based movies exactly so, so. that's going to be a ton of fun yeah so to be continued you can find us at shit 90s pod on twitter and instagram I'm Etsy Jess Sterling. You can find me talking about Succession and Yellow Jackets over on Post Show Recaps. That's where I'm primarily – that's what I'm primarily talking about because, hi, they're my favorite shows, and if you're not watching them, you should be. Um, that's everything we have this week. So we'll be back next week with Season 6, Episode 7. <gasps> I can't believe it, Sarah. We're almost at the midway point of this season. Eh, kind of. Not really. But we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Yeah. We're getting somewhere we'll be back next week with another episode until then have a good one everybody goodbye just ask shit 90 shows taught me